of the Gaming Members Podcast, Satan's Tool to Defect You Away from the Path. Actually, I am the path, because, as many of you know, I was commissioned by the Gaming Triforce, the Holy Triforce of Gods themselves, Miyamoto the Father, Kojima the Son, and Carmack, the Holy Ghost, to create the one true gaming podcast simply by interviewing creative and interesting people by the favorite gaming memories growing up and on this episode of the podcast i have i am santi fox santi fox the finnish minish cap zelda minish cap the finnish man sexy young man i say no homo but uh homeboy's good looking as most finnish people are he says he doesn't have any viking genes but there's probably some viking um forcible intercourse in his DNA lineage. He comes from Finland. He is the global art director of K-Swiss, the shoe company, a.k.a. he's got dope style. He does a bunch of artistic shit. Handles, if you think anything about K-Swiss is dope, probably funnels back to him. He was also the project lead on the first eSports gaming shoe, which I talked about with Omar Prestwich in a previous episode, who is the social media manager of K-Swiss, and the one who so graciously connected me with Santi Fox. He uh, uh, spearheaded the uh, first gaming shoe, which is pretty badass. It's unfortunately sold out at the moment, but they should do another run. It's super dope. He is big into esports, has been heavily involved in the Counter-Strike uh, scene on the brand side as a brand ambassador, working with a bunch of uh, mouse, uh, keyboard, and other gaming paraphernalia companies until he reached his specific occupation at K-Swiss as the global art director. He's a very accomplished photographer an all-around badass dude. He grew up gaming in Finland, which gives us a, I thought, a pretty unique look at sort of in Europe what type of games and what 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 things that how should I say a lot of things were similar to what pop culture is in America during the same time frame. He was born a little bit later than me. He's a little bit younger, but grew up basically in the same era of gaming, NES, Super Nintendo, Genesis, PS1, PS2, so on and so forth. But he grew up in Finland, and things were a little bit different there. And so that European flavor gets into a lot of the games that we talk about, a lot of the games that impacted him growing up, many which you will recognize and many which you won't. I found it a very interesting podcast. He is a bona fide badass. I only have badasses on the podcast because I am uh, led by revelation from the gaming gods themselves and they tell me who to bring on the podcast which basically means I can't have a bad guest. They've all been approved by the gaming gods themselves. They are doctrine. They are canon. They are Bible. Listen to them. Their gaming opinions supersede yours as does mine. Don't form your own opinion. I am the prophet. Listen to me. Give me your money. Give me your women. Follow I am Santi Fox on Instagram, Twitter, all of those things. Make sure to give him a like, a follow, a comment. He's single lady slide into his DMs should you feel so inclined. I say these things in the name of the Holy Triforce of Gaming Gods themselves. Me, Mother, the Father, Kojima, the Son, and Carmack, the Holy Ghost. Enjoy the show. Bye-bye. Man, I'm so excited to be on on this. Uh, I've been waiting on this for a while, ever since I I heard my first episode, which happened to be Omar's. I'm like, oh shit, this is this is something I want to do. So thanks for having me on. I know you. Th- I know you through Omar. 
for people who don't know, which is basically everybody, um, give us your your gaming street cred. Why should we care about what My you gamed growing up? Are you legit? Cred. Oh shit! Are you legit okay. or what? Okay. Well, you want to start with the first or the second wave of esports and gaming oh. in my life? Let's separate it. Well, do you, do you do mainly esports and multiplayer games? Is that like your bread and butter? So I play esports, uh, or let's say, let's say this: I I'm a, I'm a hobbyist now. The furthest I've ever gotten with with any esport uh, was Counter Strike, and that was very very amateur and going towards wanting to do something that could resemble semi-pro back yeah. then and that that's kind of it so i've been on the brand side of things since i was 16 uh i started working for a mouse pad company uh and that was that was the first jump of oh shit i'm not going to be a player i'm not that good of a gamer so <laughs> i'm gonna jump i want to be involved and it's something that's really really uh uh important but I'm not going to be a pro player. I'm not that good. <laughs> Sweet. Well, I have a – that's actually a great intro. I have a couple – I'm really curious about um, sort of the grind, the path that it takes to become a pro gamer. I've had a guy on who described himself as a semi-pro Street Fighter player, and he mm-hmm. kind of went into the grind. You said that you were like a pretty good amateur. So and analogous, would you say like a really good high school athlete or maybe college athlete at the Counter-Strike level? How would you rate yourself where you peak? I would say definitely less than that. Uh, I I would not put myself that high up. Okay. I feel like I, for some reason, I I became friends with some of the pros, and that was, I guess, the highest I got to do is uh, play with people that were really good. I was never that good. I think my guess is you're probably being a little bit, what's the word? Humble, because if you play this not, guy... Not even close. No, no, no. no, no, no. This, Listen. Is, this is, this is Listen. straight up, I sucked. Okay, <laughs> that's because you're playing with super good dudes, it sounds like. But you are the average. You you're, Usually your skill level at any given thing, and I think with the game, this holds pretty true. Is my guess is it's mm-hmm. like the average of the hours put in times by the average level of the people you play with. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're playing with dudes who are really good. You're probably really good, but compared to the pros, you just feel like you suck. But I bet that yeah. if we got a bunch of homies together, people who played like who are good at other FPSs, and we played Counter Strike, you'd probably fuck us all up. Let's be real. I, I, like I if, think if, I, if I people could, get I, together, I'd compete with the top three players of that friend group for sure. Like I can do that, but definitely. Well, that's how I. Um, but yeah, I, I see your point. <laughs> yeah. You're probably really good. Like a, to a layman, you're probably really good. Yes, for yeah. a pro, I'm a beginner. For your like, pro, you're a beginner. Uh, I, but... I pray. I played against a couple of pros in in one on one situations, and it's always the same. You have <laughs> absolute no, no you have no chance. No chance. But it's the same. Yeah. I, I played soccer, football for twenty six years, and I think I'm pretty good. But if when you when I'm when I'm on the field with someone who's a pro, we're not. It's not even the same sport, really. They're just yeah. so much better. That's how every. I mean, in, any skill that I've gone down the rabbit hole with i went i put a lot of hours into drumming i put a lot of i put a lot of hours into jujitsu put a lot of hours actually into soccer was part of the first thing i got into um nice but it's the same thing i would say not even pro anytime like say with jujitsu i roll with someone who's like really good maybe at a regional level mm-hmm. like just they're, they're not even they're not even i would say amateur like yeah they're just a really good local guy and i i, I feel like man 
Yeah, there's there's a there's an infinite space between you and me. So then I can extract. I wish I could go back to that. Yeah, uh, to jujitsu. I haven't been in jujitsu for a long time. It's fun. My shoulders I mean, can't take it anymore. I, I miss that though. It's fun. I think any like I think gaming scratches the same itch in a sort of way. Yeah, I think that yeah. if like I really enjoy Smash Brothers. I, I describe myself the same way as Smash Ooh. Brothers as you. Like I've been to a few tournaments and I do okay at local tournaments, at local mm-hmm. like really local tournaments. But um, and anytime homies get together and play Smash and are drinking. I convince everyone, I talk a bunch of shit, and I convince everyone to throw money down. Because I know, compared to, like, the average person, I'm going to just murder them at Smash. Right, Unless so they're, like, you, a Smash you, you player. You would kick my ass. I Unless think. you're I a organized Smash a game night. I organized a game night and had Super Smash, and then a friend of mine's boyfriend showed up, and he was good. He was good. He kicked everybody's ass. And But I knew I, I, I've always been really bad at fighting games. Um, but... One of my favorite games ever is Super Smash on Nintendo 64. And OG. Yeah, I was in elementary school, I think, on fifth or sixth grade in Finland. Uh, and wait, 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 wait. Finland? Yeah, so what I'm from... What are you from, doing I'm here? Born, uh, what are you I'm doing I'm born here? and raised in Helsinki, Finland. Dude, that's supposed to be way cooler than America. Why are you here? Um, well, my dad's American, so I got a passport and... I'm 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 a citizen. I'm 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 a full American in that sense. Uh and I made a promise to myself when I was 21, 20 that uh once I turn 25 before then I need to live in America cuz I want to see how life is uh halfway through. And so then at 23 I quit my job and jumped on a plane and moved to America. Wow. And I've been here yeah, 2012 is when I came, so it's been seven and a half years. How can, how, uh, what's, give me the Reader's Digest version of how you feel Finland compares to America. Pros of each and cons of each. I mean, America, like, the U.S. is big. That's, looking at the U.S., it's almost the same as looking at Europe. You have, all the states are, all the European countries, it's the same yeah. thing, kind of. That makes um, sense. And the EU has their own rules, and the, the U.S. has federal rules and or laws, so kind of the same. Uh, and then the states, so first, first the countries have their own, so that's similar. Um, I've only lived in California, and so the weather is better, <laughs> but you don't, but you lose the four seasons. And so, unless you are in Northern California, like if you're somewhere at but Tahoe, you'll, you, it'll be like Finland, kind of. You know, you have all full four seasons, and and it, and it looks great, um, and clean air, and all that. So, I think the biggest biggest difference is just the cleansiness of things. Um, in a city like LA, it's it's it gets really dirty. The air isn't good, and now it's great, but normally the the air is bad quality and. Uh, the streets aren't that clean, and it's just there's just so many people that you can't, or they haven't built the infrastructure to really keep it nice and clean, like a uh, Korean city or uh, like a, a Nordic city. Okay, now my next question is: Are you gonna stay in America or go back? Um, I I the after completing that dream of of, of moving here before twenty five, right? Uh, the next one I, I, 
I, I think has become or has been that I want to be half and half. If I could spend summers in Finland and then uh, the rest of the year here, that would be great. That's what I'd like to do. That's a good move. I know um, I know a lot of people who are my age and even all the way up to people who are older, like senior citizens, that do some sort of half and half schedule. They mm-hmm. usually, it just usually avoiding the winter months of a location. Yeah. And, yeah. And a lot of people I do, do miss that. winter, though. Like, I, I really miss uh, winters. But then again, where I live in Finland or lived, uh, the winter. They're they're having winter now. Like it's snowing in April. Yeah. Like what? That's not what I grew up with. We used to have uh, winter was in December. What year were you born in? Eighty nine. Eighty nine. Okay, so you're a little bit younger. Yeah. My guess is you were in Finland. What was your first? Was your was the Nintendo the first video game shit you played? The first platform I pl- I. <sighs> I'm having a hard time. I was thinking about this like a lot. Hmm. It's either the the original gray Game Boy, or oh yes, or Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo. But I, I I don't know. I can't remember. I think Super Mario Brothers was first, and then I got into Kirby on game on Game Boy on Game Boy. Yeah. yeah, I think it was Kirby's Dreamland. Dreamland, yes. Uh, yeah, I played that game uh, too. Man, I loved that Kirby. Game... Kirby's just so dope. Uh, I always loved Kirby. Yeah, that's the uh, that's the only Kirby game I've played, and I played it around. I'm a little bit older than you, but around a similar time on the Game Boy. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I I remember loving that game. That's good shit. Po- Pokemon Red was, I think, my biggest, biggest, yeah. biggest game. That just completely altered my interest in life. That was the first time where um, I had my Game Boy with me everywhere. The, the, just collecting all the Pokemon and uh, seeing some of the cartoons. Uh, I think in in on British TV in Spain because Fin. I don't think fin- Finland didn't show Pokemon back then. We got it maybe two years later than when it yes. launched in America. So I think I saw it earlier. And then I must have gotten a pack of cards from someone, and then I had the game, and that changed everything. And from from then on, it's I've I've I, I start I think I started doing uh, I was heavily playing with the gaming cards. Uh, I never got into Magic, so I was just attending tournaments with my decks. And we had a Pokemon League where you you would get each badge. And you had to go, I think it was every Saturday, you had to go, <coughs> I think it was every Saturday, you had to go to uh, this this place called Fantasy Games, and you'd have maybe 20, 30 people there playing uh, each other, and then the gym master for the badge. Nice. So you went you went deep deep down the Pokemon <coughs> rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. And oh, I you, was you went in hard, baby. 12, 13. <laughs> So Game Boy, Game Boy, and, and uh, Pokemon trading cards. I still have uh, the arcs at uh, at my mom's house. I think. Nice. I did. Uh, I went pretty hard on the Game Boy games, but I never got into the cards. Mm-hmm. I did get into Magic a little bit, it's mainly at the time because there wasn't the internet, so access to really cool artwork wasn't as prevalent. Other than uh, comic books, 
So mm-hmm. I would buy Magic cards a lot of time and not even play and just look at the artwork. I really liked how Magic cards looked. I, I think I saw them and then I got curious about them maybe later when I was 16, 17. Yeah. I'd see some friends play with them and I, I think it wasn't a thing that I was interested in when I was younger, like 12, 11, 13. It, was, it just didn't hit. And then I think a little, a little bit later on because Magic is a little bit more complicated and Definitely. I feel like well, I don't know. I've never Once. played the Pokemon trade. I don't know how complicated the trading card game is. I have no idea. I don't. I don't think it's a, as uh, strategic as Magic. I mean, it, I guess it is, but I, I think Magic requires you to be a little bit older. What else were you gaming? So I'm interested because Finland. Yeah. So <laughs> you're basically like European releases. So you're used to getting things generally later. Yeah. Than yeah. than the US so, gets them. The first console I had at home, I think I was playing on PC. So oh, okay. my uncle was working at a company and, and they were, I think they were getting rid of their old ones. So I got a PC from them with, I think, Windows 3.11. And I think on 11, 3.11, you could already play Commander Keen and Wacky Wheels. And that was that was the games I I played. They're two D jumper and a racing game. So a predecessor for um, Mario Kart. Yes, yeah, I was gonna animals. say. I've heard the I've heard of Wacky Wheels. Commander Keen. Wacky like, Wheels is amazing. Yeah, and I think I've read an article that it's considered the like the spiritual precursor to Mario Kart. Yeah, it's exactly the same. You had these different animals, uh, a lion and a shark and all these animals. Uh, oh, and my God. It is race. Mario Kart. It's, it's, it's just amazing. I love those maps. And you had all the bombs, the weapons, and all that. And, 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 and I would just put endless hours into that game. And, uh, Did this and come out? But Are you sure this came out before Mario Kart? Oh, yeah. I mean, I believe you. I'm just like, wow! I didn't realize Nintendo's like biggest franchi- I, I, franchise was. A I would straight Google rip-off. it. I would Google it, but my mechanical keyboard is so okay. loud that I won't. <laughs> we don't want to hear your clacking. Let's go. Uh, now. Wacky Wheels. I, I remember that those games you had to install them with like discs, and the like. I, I I doubt that a lot of people know what discets looks like. And you would just have a bunch of discs that discs you would put into the PC and, and install games through them. And like installing, I think Windows ninety five took twenty or forty discs to get it installed. It was ridiculous. I do remember that. Well, yeah, it, and it took forever. Like, like it could take hours and hours. <laughs> yes, so. and I also remember, like, at least on my old PC, but. Uh, you were you had Windows, I guess, but on the DOS games, mm. you had to like execute. You had to type everything perfectly and like. Type, oh yeah, and it think, was such a pain. I think Wacky ass. Wheels might have been one of ga- one of those games that you actually had to run through Dare or no. You had to like yeah, type in MS-DOS. C colon execute yeah. games yeah. backslash Wacky Wheels whatever. At the time, it was so confusing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn it. I mean, you can still do that from your Windows. Just uh, Windows key yes. R. It'll yeah. bring up the the same kind of thing but uh oh i found the release date all right verdict is you're wrong bro 94 wacky wheels 92 mario kart the reason i asked no shit yeah i was like wow it would have been a really it would have been sexier if you're right that's why i was hoping you were right because then we could have talked about like how nintendo just stole 
the idea for one of their biggest IPs, and that's very common. There's a lot of there's a lot of thievery going on, but this is I'm, not I'm one sure, of those cases. Unfortunately, I'm sure someone actually went and changed history. So, that, um, hey, apparently, have you heard the conspiracy theory that when they turned on the Large Hadron Collider, you know, the, where they spin atoms and make them run into each other mm-hmm. and study them, that there's like this kid. I think it was like half a joke, but also like some, he basically said that when we first turned that on, it actually put a split in the universe. And we're in like the wacky universe, like the alternate universe. Uh, Ever since 2000, uh. whatever, 2006 or four, whenever they first turned that thing on. It's, and that's why everything's been so weird. And it, it's just a joke, but he like lists all the weird, crazy facts about the world since that time. Anyway, could be. Maybe someone's rewriting history in, in, in the real. Maybe you originally were in the real timeline. And you remember yeah. the original memory, but now you're in the alternate bizarro world. I hope that a version of one of us travels in time, yes. comes back through a portal just to fix something from happening, and then everything will be okay. Like, we'll just be in an okay timeline. So, I don't know. Yes, someone needs to do the Infinity War thing and, like, return all the things to the like right moment yep. and flow and yep. just someone needs to make everything okay all right guys we're stressed out <clears throat> yep exactly how's Luckily, uh, we have video games yeah how's uh so are you playing a lot of games in quarantine you're working from home right k-swiss just for people who don't know uh this is omar was on episode like i don't know 10 he was the social media guy behind k-swiss what's your position at k-swiss i am the global art director so i've been there for two and a half years now And I do everything with our uh, web design, uh, actually making the websites as well, our email marketing, our uh, photo campaigns, I'll either shoot or be art directing uh, the retouches or retouch them or uh, work with our team to bring their visions to life. And uh, so I try to have my hand in pretty much everything that goes on in the company, um, less so with product and there's only been one product that I've been heavily involved in, and that is the world's first esports sneaker. Okay, yeah, so, we know more. We talked about that. Yeah, is that yeah, a- so that was my baby of a project that me <laughs> and a friend of mine, Indy, uh, who also worked K uh, Swiss then, um, we kind of championed it in and got it done, and um, we had some help from Lionsgate and then from uh, Immortals, and uh, we got a shoe done. Dude, so was how was cool. uh? You're smiling so genuinely. Is that kind of like your baby? Was that shoe your it, baby? It, I was I was putting a lot of time and effort into it, and then I was given the the opportunity to to be the project manager in house for it. Um, so when we're launching something, there's general, there's always someone who's in charge of, of the pro the complete project. Yeah, and ultimate make sure that responsibility time. falls on. Yeah, 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 and yeah, and so I got to do that. But the weird thing is that normally, if let's say Omar's the project manager. He'll make sure things happen, and sure he he'll actually run it on social, but he won't necessarily do all the assets. But then for this, the esports shoe, I'm the project manager, and I made all the assets as well. So and I got yeah. to hire one of my mentors to do the 3D part for it as well. So I got to kind of bring um, bring my own family kind of into the project, uh, also, and specifically bringing Finnish people on board to to work on projects and. Uh, it was it was just really 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 fun to do, and uh, I was so happy to get that 
the level of trust from the company that, okay, you get to do this and uh, we trust that you're going to do it well. Nice. And from what I understand, what Omar was saying, you guys are sold out super fast, right? Yeah, it went, it sold out immediately. And, and I know that there's a lot of Brazilian fans that were a little bit sad. Um, they really wanted a lot more. They they just wanted more. And uh, we uh, we need to get more distribution in Brazil to actually do that. And so uh, the shoe ended up being a Made in Brazil um, shoe for our Counter-Strike team. And so... Um, oh, sick. So you guys got like officially... I didn't know that. Was that happen after the podcast with Omar? Mm-hmm. I don't remember him saying that. Uh, I don't remember. So originally we were trying to do an, an Overwatch themed shoe for the LA Valiant. Um, but as you know, the league is the league. It's a franchise league and they have their rights. And so uh, we can do a shoe for that. And then we still wanted to work with the same people. And we looked at the, they had recently bought a construct team. And it so happens that Made in Brazil is one of the original legendary Counter-Strike teams from, I think, 2012, 298, something like that. Early Counter-Strike, 1.4, I think. And so um, they were really, really good. And they played for SK Gaming. And they I think they have the most w- major wins ever. I'm not sure. Uh, fact check that. But um, they're really good. And so it was, it was fun to get to work with uh, uh, or have get a, get a product that has a brand like made in brazil are you guys planning on doing any more releases of that shoe i really hope so um i'm not i don't work that much with product and so everything comes down to in in stuff like that it comes down to what are the agreements the contracts and who can you work with how long are they working with and how many collabs can we have in a year and all that so um i try to pitch it whenever i can and let's let's see what <laughs> happens but i'm i'm sure we'll do something with it because we we did invest in in the shoe and so the production of uh, a shoe and and the mold for the bottom is yeah. expensive and so we're going to want to uh do something on it so for sure sweet so it was a fun shoe now it sounds like you're you're pretty well versed in the esports world give me a breakdown of the esports you follow um and esports in a in general, because I think a lot of the listeners probably severely underestimate how big, especially globally, esports are and the trajectory that they're on. Sure. Um, I won't go too much into detail just because I, I, I feel like listeners are going to want to Google stuff if they want to, um, and they should. But I think in a nutshell, esports esports in general are i think the most watched sport in the world and so that in itself is a pretty good metric to kind of i didn't know wrap that yourself around it i believe well, it though I, that makes sense there's just it's so much it's so much more accessible and yes. you, it, it ties into uh there's a good analogy of when if you watch a basketball game how often do you actually go and play basketball right after pretty much That's never true. Ever. Yeah. So you're generally drunk when you leave the game and you want to go do something else. Um, and so when you're watching a, a, an esports game, let's say Overwatch, you're watching LA Valiant play LA Gladiators, two home LA teams, and, and they go at it at a derby. And uh, right after the game or during the game, if you have multiple screens or even on your phone, you can watch the stream and play yourself. And you might see something in game like, oh, shit, they did that. Okay, let me try that. You could try that immediately yourself immediately. right there. Yes. 
and a lot of these games are free to play. Overwatch, I don't think is, uh, but but Call of Duty, for example, that I'm playing a lot now. Uh, I bought Call of Duty a while ago, but they they released the free battle royale version, yeah. um, Warzone, and I've been playing that, and it's it's amazing. It's it's feels like Counter Strike, and is has the battle royaleness of of all the battle royales I've played. But just didn't like like I, I'm I'm not that good at Fortnite. It wasn't a game for me. It was too childish of a game in a way. Like it was yeah. too cartoony for me, um, and it wasn't cartoony enough to be cool. Like Overwatch. Overwatch. I love the story arcs of the characters, and same with World of, World of Warcraft. I love how Blizzard just has these vast characters with big histories and um, uh, storylines and and all of that. So. Um, I like that, but Fortnite just is, wasn't a game for me. You had to, you have a, you have to actually know how to build a lot to be able to play it as a shooter, and that's yes. not for me. I want to be able to shoot in a shooter because I come from Counter Strike. So, do you have you tried Apex? I tried Apex. Um, I think Apex was too much of a blend of Overwatch and a battle royale. Like it, it there were too many bells and whistles to the characters. So. It didn't work for me. I, I like how Counter-Strike and Call of Duty, the character in itself doesn't have a lot of special moves and stuff. You can buy a, uh, a radar thing or you can buy a precision airstrike and you can buy these extra things to help you in-game. In um, but in, in, in terms of your character, you don't have like a magic thing that just explodes and everybody dies. Yeah. Um, and so I tried Apex. It was fun, but even the friends I played with, they just didn't kind of get into it and it... It reminded me a lot about Destiny, Destiny Two, which I tried and then ended up not liking, um, and that that was kind of apex for me. Okay, that makes sense. So you're liking Warzone? I've been seeing a lot of Warzone clips. People, it seems to have pretty warm reviews so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah, people yep. are definitely liking it. A bunch of my homies have been streaming it a lot. It looks fun. I'm not a huge FPS gamer, minus I have been playing Halo One. A lot on the master. I never got into Halo. I never got into Halo. It's a lot of people. Was Halo not big? That's that's what I was just gonna ask. I'm like, I'm pretty sure Halo's like American dumb bros. Like, "Ah, give me in my pickup truck and play me some Halo. Uh, A little bit, but it's also the OG, like the older. I I think one of my friends who who's just about to turn forty. He he, he's always like, "Hey, why don't you guys play some Halo?" I'm like, "Dude, no." Just not. I, I think it's also if you're. I was a PlayStation first, Nintendo, and then once I got a, an actual console, then I got uh, uh, a PlayStation Two. I think PlayStation One, probably two. No PlayStation Two. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, actually, PlayStation Three was my first PlayStation. PlayStation Three was your first one. Yeah, because wow, I skipped a lot of ones. I was on Nintendo 64, and after Nintendo 64, I went straight to PC, and then I didn't look back to consoles at all, except the PSP um, and Nokia's okay. N-Gage and mobile games. But um, yeah, I was hardcore on PC only, and so I missed a lot of um, consoles in between, and then PlayStation came back once I got to playing FIFA uh, and NHL, and that's when I got back to uh, PlayStation for a little bit. So the sports game sucked you back into the console world. Yeah, and it, it it was always fun to play with friends, and that I think that's the biggest 
thing is my roommate at the time had a PlayStation and we used to play a lot of NHL and FIFA. And I remember him, or we've known each other for a long time, so I remember after games he might get pissed off and throw the remote at some uh, the controller at the wall or something. Um, but um, after we moved our separate ways after being roommates, he, he thanked me for being the only person who can calm him down enough to, to not break stuff like that. And he learned uh, anger management, so that was great. Badass. So I want to ask, so uh, 64... You had that. Is that like the first console you kind of had at home besides the PC? Is that like your first, uh, your first love, nope. so to speak? My se- my Sega. I think it's the Sega Genesis. <gasps> that yes, yes. That we overlap on NH- that. NHL '96. Oh yeah, you uh, you said that in the uh, the text. Yeah, yeah, that was. I, I man, I love that, and it was the best. If you're losing, you just go ahead and switch to goalkeeper in the other team and put as many own goals as possible, so that you still win the game. It's <laughs> <laughs> a nice little hack. So you were into the sports games early on. Is uh, I'm assuming hockey is probably like way bigger in Finland than it is in America. Yeah, I, I mean, we did win the world championship last year, so okay. so there's so I'm that. I'm sorry, dude. I know. All the thing I know about hockey is N64 Wayne Gretzky. I know Wayne Gretzky is a guy that was good. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. all I know about hockey. So forgive me Got for it. my lack of hockey knowledge. I mean, the, the, in reality, the only thing you need to know about hockey is that Finland is the best hockey country in the world. And the other ones are, aren't that good. That's all <laughs> you need to know. Easy. All right. So I didn't know that. I, so Finland's are the OGs. Yeah. And, and Sweden is really bad. Anyone from Sweden ever saying that they're good at hockey should never believe them. They're always going to be lying. I have some Swedish friends, bro. I'm going to show them this podcast. Yeah, just tell them that (laughs) Finland is is the better one. All right. All right. So you guys are way into hockey. That makes sense. So you get into – is NHL – you said 95 or 96? I think it was NHL 96. Is that the first game that you, you got obsessed with or is there one before that? Hmm. I I don't remember what I had for Sega. I think it. I I just don't remember. I don't think I had a lot of games, and it, it was probably like a really weird fake ass soccer game that I had, and then the NHL. I could have also had an NHL '94. I don't know. I I I think I've been trying to think about that, but I might have okay. my my years. Well, it's mixed probably up, NHL somewhere if- there. Yeah. If that's the one, uh, if that's the one you remember, that's probably the one that you spent the most time with, right? Could be, yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And... So you went to '64 after Genesis. Yes, uh, so I skipped a lot in between, and I used to play with at my friend's house mostly. That was always the thing. I would go to my friend's house and play there, and then that's even where I saw, like, uh, I think Quake Two. Okay. was my first like uh, PC game. I saw my friend's big brother play. And I'm like, yo, what is this? Yeah, Rocket that game launchers and was Quake. metal as shit. I'm sure it blew your it mind. It was amazing. It was, there was just something about it that was um, after we, we were done playing uh, Super Smash Brothers, your hands were all like beaten up from like having to yeah. win the mini games, and your your hands were like completely messed up. Then you'd go to the computer and just watch him play um, play that. And I think there's a there's all these mini games. I would see them play as well. Like his whole family were were insane nerds, so they always had everything. Um, and 
like little planes or something we would it was like fighter planes in this 2d world and we would just like go through all of these games but quake 2 was the one that stood out that quake was 2 sticks out yeah that's oh, a... worms worms oh yeah worms was worms man we put a lot of time in worms worms was the shit yeah worms was a. Uh... dude that I, i'm glad you brought that up because i had some good times too as a kid because you take turns back and forth and you mm-hmm. launch it's kind of like tanks yeah, for those who haven't played Worms, it's hard to explain. They don't really make games like that. Maybe on the cell phone they make games like that, but I'm not familiar with the cell phone gaming world. Kind of, but like you don't people don't have the patience to wait anymore. Like you gotta wait your turn. It was like from it was Worms is almost like a copy of a board game. Like yeah. you actually have to wait. Yes. Like watch yes. them play and do their thing. It was like, hey dude, like are you playing? Like we're waiting on you. That's true. It is a it's a digital board game. Yeah. But uh I, because you wait so long, the pressure of not fucking up your turn is so high. Because, like, if you if you make a bad mistake on Worms, like, people who've never played this game, it's essentially like a 2D side-scroller. But instead mm-hmm. of it's action, like, you have a turn, you you're like you play a little worm, you have different troops that have different abilities. It's like a tactics super game. Cute, like, cute voices, too. Yeah, cute voices. Oh, it's like Captain? Final Fantasy Tactics, but side-scroller, and you play Little Worms. And you can take a turn, so you can, you can only move a certain amount, then you have your certain attacks, and it's very strategic. And if you make a mistake, you let's say you're playing a four-player game, you, made, you make a bad choice, you have to sit in agony during three turns while they just fuck you up because you made the wrong choice. And the whole time you're, like, thinking, okay, what am I going to do on my next turn? But then the first guy goes, he ruins you, you think you have a plan, but then the second guy does something different, then you think you, what he was going to do. Then your original plan is now ruined. And it's like so much. And then it finally gets back to your turn. It, I don't know. There's a magic to it. There's a magic Remember to it. Remember in the end, like once everybody has had their turn, if there's any environmental things like a gas yes. canister or a mine, only after everybody else is gone, the camera slowly goes back to you. And then that mine that's been sitting there for all of those rounds that everybody attacked, then it explodes, it explodes. and you're just like, you die. Yes. Or there's a gas canister you burn to to death or or the map the water oh yeah the water level was going up every turn the water level went up so the map got smaller and smaller and smaller (laughs) and then you just yeah that's a good game great great there's some brutal weapons there like napalm and yes like they're yeah like that was a crazy game yeah it's a really good game um uh you're the first person to bring that up so plus 10 internets to you Mr. Finland, yes. the first one to bring Let's up go. Worms, I believe, on the podcast. So you went to N64 after that. What game stands out the most on the N64? Oof. This is Golden a popular Eye. console. GoldenEye, 007. Golden Let's Eye. go. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I even played it on, like, I'm this into old Nintendo game, or actually Game Boy specifically and um, Nintendo 64, that I've had the emulators on my computers so that I could replay um, James Bond on Nintendo 64 on my computer. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I uh, All my retro gaming, honestly, I post a lot of, like, retro gaming clips, uh, mm-hmm. sort of like a filler in between episodes just so I have something to post every day. And it's yeah. all it's all on emulator. I love emulators because it's like they're, they're amazing. And 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 there's a really real depending on the game. Like I I don't know a ton about the GoldenEye 64 uh, mod community, but like on Nintendo 64, at least um, I think it's Project 64 is the emulator I use. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can yeah. 
you can do a texture swap. So like people will remake – they will basically mod the graphics. And so you can play like sort of fan-made remastered versions. Like nice. Super Mario 64, there's a version where everyone made it look like the GameCube or a cel-shaded game. Makes makes it look like Dragon Ball Z. You can download like different versions, like aesthetics, and they swap out all the textures for the game. And uh, if you're into emulators and you're into retro gaming – it's really the best way to play. Like technically, let's be real. It's illegal, right? It's only supposed to be used to play a play a backup of a physical copy of a game you own. None of us are doing that shit. But like I don't care because there's no other way. There's no other way to do these kind of things. Like the mods. And like I'll play a lot of games on uh, EPSXE, which is the PS1 emulator, there's PS2. And mm-hmm. with with modern graphics cards, you can like run it at 4K 60 FPS. You can filter all the textures like you can make the game actually run better than it was intended and the key save states have you ever played a game with save states mm-hmm. time saver oh my god if you're trying to make clips or something just boom re- yep. instant reload the yep. speed the time saved it's like all the best parts of retro gaming with all like the uh, annoying parts taken out like the time exactly, the waste exactly. of time in between and no blowing into cartridges and stuff no blowing yes <laughs> However, here's something that really pisses me off. You ready? You yes, ready, Cade? I'm ready. This I'm is what pisses me take off. A drink. Nintendo Online. When I bought the Nintendo uh, yes. Switch, they That's have the bullshit. Nintendo Online service. And they have the retro system thing. You get to play all these retro games. Yes. But there's no Nintendo 64 games. I didn't know that. There's no 64 games. On their online, at least not when I when I had a membership for over a year and like it was it, it's some of the classics for I think eight and uh, Super Nintendo that's about it Nintendo and Super Nintendo I think that's it. I wonder so if they, they were maybe planning, have like forty titles. I wonder. I don't know this. I'm wondering if they were planning on rolling it out in chronological order, like the Nintendo games come first, the Super Nintendo. And maybe checking. That's okay, but it's taking too long. Like, okay, yeah, I, I get it. Once the service launched, like it's the same with like Disney Plus. When you launch, I expect you to have stuff coming up, like yes. every month. Okay, all right, okay. Like the first year should have been amazing re releases, and, and then keep it going until we're at Nintendo sixty four, and then Game Boy Advance, and all the like, yeah, yeah. It, if if you want me to pay ten bucks a month, no, actually it was probably cheaper. But I would pay ten bucks a month if it had everything. They had everything. Well, that would be Nintendo. worth it for me. Fuck Nintendo. Just or, play it on an emulator. They yeah, can have, I mean, they can have your money when they deserve it. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I've canceled my subscription to them. Yeah, Nintendo. I mean, jokes aside, Nintendo has notoriously for I think like at least three to four generate console generations been very behind on anything related to online and digital mm-hmm. they've been yep. just, i don't i don't know what i've had this same question to other people on the podcast i don't know what nintendo's sort of business logic what their tactical logic behind why they've been mm. so resistant to adopting that some people have said it's because they want to have like an apple-esque closed system they want to have like full control of everything in their brand which makes sense but you can do that without still having a such a mediocre online product yeah i th- I think the biggest risk they're running is that they're gonna alienate you and me 
like the the original Nintendo fanboys, like yeah. the, the people who actually care, and we want to show our kids that. Yes. When, someday when I have kids, I want to show them the games I grew up with. And if I can't show them Super Mario World, was it called right on Super Nintendo? Was it, or oh, so Mario sixty four. Mario sixty four was called. Yeah, might so, be the best like, Mario of all. Oh, I I don't even know what other Mario. The Super there Nintendo, is. the SNES, is would well, be a those, close competitor. Those are those are the only ones that you could compare because yeah. they're fantastic. Yeah, but, but the anything past Mario sixty four, I have no clue over. Like I have no idea what they made. Like I just don't know because um, Mario sixty four was amazing. Um, and it's it's unfortunate that they're kind of missing out on those people, um, but we'll see. We'll see if they catch up. They have a lot yeah. of work to do, though. So sixty four. The Switch has been a good product. On uh, any other games stand out to you? Like strong memories on sixty four. Yeah. There's um. I think it was it was actually it might have been made by the same people that made Goldeneye. Uh, I think it was called Dark Eye or Dark Perfect. Dark Some, baby, perfect, perfect dark. dark. Yes, yeah. yes. I love that. That we we put in so many hours into that. I would like to bet that it's more hours that I currently have on Counter Strike. Really, or Overwatch for sure. So you we, got. I think you got good at Perfect Dark. You played. Well, a lot. I wouldn't say good. I just, or maybe it just feels so trying to remember it. Maybe we didn't actually play a lot as much then because we also played more soccer and. Um, and uh, skateboarded, and so I would assume that we didn't have as much time to play. I don't know; hard to say. Because I mean, now I'm I can put up uh, a full weekend in gaming, <laughs> ten hours per day, and Dude, no and, and it, no one's gonna be like, I'm gonna cut the electricity off. Like my mom's cut the electricity off in our whole apartment because of like late nights. I'd be playing a five on five Counter Strike game just a, a a league a ranked league game and it's like 11 i guess or 10 or whatever and she just thinks i need to go to sleep and he's like you you said you're gonna quit the game in 30 minutes i'm like yeah but we're in overtime it's a competitive game like I, there's nine other people here i can't just jump out like i'll actually get banned if i do this you're like i don't yeah. care oh and I'm no like, great okay so i guess i need to find a new team because they're gonna kick me out of this team great but um thanks mom yeah but <laughs> hey, i don't you know think what? i got kicked out of that many teams small price to pay for hanging out at mom's house playing games yeah i'm i'm just grateful enough to to have a loving home like that and then the fact yep. that I, I i was I, I was lucky enough to have any sort of gaming experience 100%. back in the night, like at that time like there was no reason for my mom to spend the little we had on me being able to game or my uncle being giving those options. And I'm happy they did because I mean, me having a computer at that age ha- led to me having a career today. hundred percent. That makes total sense. They're so, totally linked in, in yeah. my whole, my entire graphic design and web design career started off with me making uh, websites for Counter-Strike teams. That's so I had awesome. to learn Photoshop yes. that way. That's awesome. That's one thing I always try to connect on the podcast is like, how has gaming basically influenced your work life? And for you, it's, I owe everything. it's the genesis. Yeah. 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 Without gaming, there would not, there would like, it, it's, it's, it's weird and 
from gaming, I learned that oh, you could you could become a professional at um, something else than the normal things, and uh, you can actually yeah. you can get money and you can get stuff through gaming. And everybody's shouting right now because it's eight p.m. Uh, for the healthcare workers, so we should also do a howl. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> Wait, why is everyone shouting? I don't get it. 8 p.m. It's for the healthcare workers. Everybody's in the neighborhood. They're blinking their lights. They're screaming, shouting, uh, hitting cans, uh, oh, like clapping commu- community uh, in support. support. For, yeah, yeah, yeah. So nice. the entire everywhere here. It's ever since I moved a couple of weeks ago. It's it's been every, uh, 8 p.m. They're copying what they did in Italy and Spain, and so uh, yeah, it's spreading everywhere now and. That's beautiful. Yeah, I've I've seen on uh, Nextdoor, I've seen a lot of uh, healthcare workers just kind of uh, comment back that, hey, I normally don't comment, but but I'm happy that people are doing this. It really, I was walking my dog and uh, I was just crying because of the emotional support I felt from my neighbors. And so, I feel, yeah, I feel emotional just hearing you talk about it. Like it's, uh, my wife, my wife has a friend who's a nurse. So that's like the Uh close. The closest uh, connection I have, I know her pretty yeah. well. It's one of my wife's best friends, and I, I've been following the kind of things she's been posting online because it's the only, it's the only person I know in my like immediate circle that has that perspective, that insider's perspective. Mm-hmm. I've been following yeah. her, her her shit online pretty closely during the whole thing, and I think that of all the bad news and in in obviously online, well, I work in online marketing, and just I'm sure you're aware of this. You work in marketing too, but like. The bad news drives the clicks and makes more money. Mm-hmm. And so you just have to understand that that's at play. There's actually a lot of beautiful things. There's a lot of there's a lot of examples of humans like rising to the occasion. Communities rising. Humans to the being bros. Yeah, being bros and being homies and supporting each other. And like that doesn't obviously get as much media attention because it just it's not as financially viable as as headlines. It's just not. But yeah, it's exactly. happening. It's happening in this. I think it's important to know those things are happening to get a balanced perspective. For sure. I, I always like I I've, I've been an addict of uh, NPR and KCRW since I moved here. Um, it's been kind of my um, my portal into LA and kind of understanding national things in America, I guess, um, yeah. and seeing I guess the public non-commercial side of uh, radio, um, and even even today actually I. They they uh they're asking to send your mu- uh, song recommendations and we'll pick w- some and uh, play them on radio. Then like, I tweeted something and I think a minute later she goes, "All right, so we have a great one of my favorite songs is actually requested from uh, I am Santi Fox, uh, Leon Wears, Why I Came to California. All right, let's go." And then she played the song. I'm like, "Nice." What? <laughs> um, and then I tweeted back at her that that was my. Uh, that made my day. Thank you. And that was my anthem for when I came, moved, left home, left everything and came here. And that was my anthem. And wouldn't it be fun to collect a playlist of other people's anthems? So then the next break after the next song, she read that tweet out aloud again. It's like, hey, actually, this is a great idea. We should do this. And Bro, you got to charge her for that. You're giving away your genius. <laughs> Hey, it's a it's a public yeah. uh, radio station, nonprofit, so they can have all my ideas. I I donate money to them every month, and I've done it for a couple of years. So it makes me very happy. 
That would be a great like a uh, Spotify public playlist, a community curated. Everyone puts in mm-hmm. like their anthem, the one that they, their, they go back their to. Their one song. Yeah. yeah. Their one song. Then you go running and you, you pop that playlist on, baby, smoke a little bowl, go running. Oh, yeah. You're going to run 100 miles in one night, bitch. Yep. It's going down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I worked in nightlife for, I think, four years, four and a half almost. And so there's a lot of songs that were every year there was a new song. I'm like, this is it. Yeah. My anthem. There's always. What's your yeah, anthem exactly. right now? What's your current anthem? Oof, I don't know. Uh, I'm, I've recently rediscovered music and just noticed how much music affects uh, the quality of my work. Um, and I, I switched from Apple Music to Spotify. Back to Spotify. I used to be on Spotify because of Europe. I mean, we had Spotify yeah. first. Everybody here was on Pandora, which, yeah, I'm just going to leave that there, Pandora. Hey, bro, um, I had Pandora. I, I discovered some dope shit on Pandora. Uh, I just don't know how I feel about it. it I mean, it, it's a, it's an inferior setup, but it's the because it came earlier, um, for those who adopted it, like, you just pick an artist radio. Um, yeah, and I would just let it roll, and then save all the songs I liked. And those are the songs that yeah. I used to sample and reference for beat making. So I w- initially, when I was doing the music thing, I would create a playlist called Inspire, which is like if I heard a beat that made me want to make a beat, something about mm-hmm. it like gave me that spark. Then mm-hmm. I would put it in a playlist, and I got hundreds and hundreds of beats from Pandora because of that. Mm-hmm. And then anytime I wanted to make music, I would just sit down open up that playlist and I know every song on this playlist at one point gave me the itch and I just mm. cycle through it until one of them gives me the itch. I'm like, Oh hell yeah. This is, this is my uh, date tonight. And uh, so Pandora, look, it's inferior to Spotify. I make, I'm not I, saying it isn't, but <laughs> it had it, its uses because it, we didn't have Spotify. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Have you ever thought of this? Spotify is actually Napster. What do you mean? Well, not like we uh, went to Napster to listen to music, and now you just open Spotify, you click on a song, and press play, and it downloads that song to you. You just happen to pay ten nine ninety nine a month for it. What's the difference? The ten ninety nine. That's the difference. Yeah, yeah but, but as a technology platform, or yeah, as as, as, techno- far as like as a service to you, functionality. Almost, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. essentially and the same thing. That's what Napster could have. They could have just done all of this twenty Bro, years ago. But do you not? I mean, you're a little bit younger than me, so maybe this is not as a big a deal, as big of a deal for you. But from about fifteen to twenty-one for me, which is crucial years for like anything, gaming, music, movies. That's mm-hmm, where a lot mm-hmm. of your taste is formed. That kind of sets you up for the, the burning CDs was a revolution for me. Revolution. Um, I, I burnt a lot of yeah. CDs, a and, lot, because I it, had the computer. So everybody, yeah, came yeah, to yeah, me. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm talking about. It was a uh, a whole a whole new world. It's like fucking Aladdin. It was because you you could my get favorite those... Disney movie, Aladdin. It is. Mm-hmm. Have you seen the live action remake? Yes. Yes, and I, I <laughs> judging from your reaction, I had the same feeling about that movie. What a letdown. I, wa- I, wa- I watched it again just because the first time I saw it, uh, we had 
we went for breakfast at nine, and it was the morning that we watched Finland play the World Cup finals in hockey. So we started drinking around, I think, eleven, <laughs> and from there we went to. Uh, so that I think that took two hours, two and a half hours of constant drinking. We then went from there to uh, Diamond Supply Party, so a skateboard brand, and they had free alcohol and a weed bar, so free weed as well. So we did that for uh, two, three hours. Then for some reason we were leaving. We're... <laughs> I need to go to Finland. America no, this sucks. was here. This Wait, was here in LA. There's a weed bar in LA. You can do that. So when when you throw parties, they they had a weed brand as a sponsor. So there's a free weed everywhere. They're just people walking around. Would you like a vaporizer? Like, oh, sure, sure, okay. Right. I didn't realize it was like that chill. In El- in California, but I mean it was. I mean, chill. even the even the latest party we went to, we we uh, we got there, and there's two lines. There's one for the bar, free drinks, free free liquor, and and beer, and then there's another one for free weed. If you follow these three different weed brands, you would. I think I walked home with probably five, seven grams of weed. That's You're a so lot of spoiled. weed. For You're free. so spoiled. You don't know what it's like. Bro, I saw. Oh, I know get, what it's like. I I've sat in, in, in parking still. lots, minus twenty Celsius parking lots, waiting for to be yeah. able to go upstairs to get weed from your guy, and then you still have to sit there and hang out in the like a, a den you don't want to hang out, but because it's courtesy and you're waiting, they're like, okay, so can I get like can I get five grams? Okay, thank you. Oh, oh, oh 15, 16, 18 euros per gram. Oh, okay. Well, here you go. How would At, I like, win? When did it become like semi legal in Finland? Never. It's still illegal. I've, I thought you. I thought you guys were like uh like decriminalized no, it's, over there. No, it's only uh, the Netherlands has Amsterdam, and then um, let's see. I think it's pretty loose in Italy and Spain, but not legal to my knowledge. Um, it's Amsterdam, and then there's a like a district in Copenhagen. So the capital of Denmark, Copenhagen, uh, they have a, a, a part of town that's called Christiania where you can buy hash. Mm. I think you can you can buy hash and, and, and weed, and I don't think you can buy a lot. And you can only the, – the stuff you buy, you have to smoke it there, I think. Mm. There's nowhere else. And it, it's like this weird, like, old, old, old part of town, but it just has these small – mini pubs where you can get weed um and but amsterdam that's the weed weed um place of europe so we went there we went in in europe you can do this thing called the inner rail so you buy a train ticket for a month and a half for like a thousand bucks and you can go unlimited rides so we would start and we'd go through all of europe uh with train and boats and all this and uh and stay in motels and stuff like this and we started in amsterdam and spent I think two nights there, three nights there. That's a good idea. I want to do that. So you can still do it as an adult. It's a little bit more expensive, but it's it's like once everything now calms down, um, it's the one thing I recommend that if you get to do one thing in Europe, you should do an interrail or like a multi-city trip because – to see everything that Europe has to offer, that's the only way. Like spend a month and a half makes – you're going to make so many new friends. You're just going to be around in cities where you can walk. You can go 
all around. You're, you can go to northern Italy to see the Alps and go ski or oh. mountain biking. Then you can yeah, go to a vineyard, have some wine and like uh, I did some Italy. pasta I, somewhere. I did all that. And, I did Italy last last summer, and I'll be honest, it was hundred percent like legit magical. Yeah, like the I was. I mean, there was like stress, like driving. It was. Like I got a little stressed driving there because, like, there was just a lot of things. Mm-hmm. I couldn't read the signs, and, like, we got lost a couple times. But yeah. overall, I, I don't know how to explain it. My, my, like, just the vibe in general was better. It's better than here. It's it's hard to describe. Yeah, you're right. Um, as, and, and especially for you, if, if you're an American who beha- really isn't, like, a, like an asshole jock, you you'll be fine. Like you'll you will love Europe, and people will treat you so well. Yes, but definitely. then if you're if you're like an asshole jock, then you will behave like an a dumb American. That you watch any movie where there's Americans behaving badly, that's what I mean. I kind of mean it's like, hey, dude, watch it. I'm like, like I'm gonna kick your ass. Hey, don't you know who my dad is punk ass? Like, well, I, there's I at least enough of us like that that the stereotype exists. Otherwise, the stereotype wouldn't. That's exist. usually the only people who can afford to go to Europe. That's the problem. Uh, you know, that makes summertime, sense. like the, and I. It's weird that I have an actual example of this. We were in uh, Florence in Italy, and we we had met this uh, dude called Arno, uh, German guy, and we met him on the train, and he just like hung up, hung along with us for a couple of different cities and countries, um, and we were out in a bar drinking, and uh, I think the guy overheard us say something in German because I speak German as well. And I think he just turned around. And he was like, what? This bar is filled with Nazis. What is this? And we're Wait, like, what the? F-? Really? Yeah. This is a real I mean, story. The, yeah. My German God friend just America. kind of freezes. Like Arno just freezes and looks around and me and my other friends like, okay, let's go. Let's go. You ready? Let's go. And, uh, I went, I went to the yard with the guy and he's, he, and, and like he's like, like just I'm gonna kick your ass, dude. Like you, you not to love it. I'm like, do you even know what the fuck you're talking about? Like what, what is your problem? Is like my my grandfather died in the war. I'm like, okay, well, do you realize that pretty much everybody in our country fought in a war, or like we were invaded by Russia and we won, and like like any one of well, around you here like has something like that in their family, and and how. Ha- how, now your grandfather is somehow more important in a way than all of these other people, and you're carrying on hatred from somewhere. Like what? Like how are you letting that bother your life? And I guess he'd never been in a fight where someone actually just talks back to you, <laughs> and it's like oh, just started bawling, and we didn't have to fight. And then we went inside. He apologized, and uh, we continued our night. Yeah, that uh, he just that sounds like. I don't know. He's got some issues, right? Obviously. Oh, yeah. He definitely had some issues and and it came out that way. And um, I'm happy I I, I didn't get my ass kicked by him because he was a lot bigger than I was. Well. That would have hurt. (laughs) It is kind of an American thing to be like, we're number one. So everything revolves around us. So, yeah, my Mm. grandfather's death 100% means more because he's a fucking American, biatch. Yeah, there's, he there's was definitely a little bit of that in America, and I. There's yeah, only the one country exists. in the world with freedom. Okay, sure. But Europeans, when I went there, man, everyone was like, yeah, again, very polite. There was a certain, I, 
I was, my thought was, is the vibe because it's such like an older country and there's thousands of years of just like culture layered on mm-hmm. top of it? And is that mm-hmm. what I'm picking up? Because I've also lived and spent a lot of time in Australia. And Australia, even though visually it had more different plant life and a lot of things about it on the surface seemed more different than America. Mm-hmm. But Australia was actually more similar to America in my experience than Europe was. And the main difference would be there's just something in the earth or something like it sounds woo-woo. It sounds weird. Like I mm-hmm. have crystals in my bedroom, which I promise you I don't. I don't have any crystals. But there was something weirdly mystical about like I, I think it's like history, like the vibe of more history. I can see that. I can see, I can definitely see that. I, I think even what – my personal identity as a Finnish person is, I think, is, is amplified because I'm abroad, you know, uh, and I think I'm more connected to my Finnish roots and and more interested in being a Finnish person. Um, and so, yeah, every, and every country has that. Everybody just has a long history and mm. America just has a fucked up history, first of all. So, like, there's <laughs> hey, just a lot of hey, like, bro, it's not my fault. No, I, I'm not blaming you or anybody else for that matter. I'm just saying that it's a very – it's a country with a really troubled history. And there's a lot of countries with really messed up histories looking at France and the UK. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of countries that don't. And so they don't have the same type of rage and anger in their family trees or, or, or in their, you know, surroundings, communities. That's a good point. So, um I've never really thought of, like this. I'm kind of thinking about this in real time because it's the first mm-hmm, time I thought mm-hmm. about this. But the, the the correlation between how much yeah how much trouble is in a country's history versus mm-hmm. to like the baseline maybe anxiety and anger level of the population. Yeah. there's probably a correlation. And it, yeah, and it makes sense if you look at the the happiest places on, on planet Earth. There's Finland and Denmark. Are I think we got picked as the, the happiest people on planet earth last year again and i'm i guess me and my friends are always like who did they ask like <laughs> yeah how did they decide that <laughs> yeah um but 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 i do see as a whole i can see that our nation people feel generally better than here even the people here that seem super happy all the time like you can just see that they're miserable or that it, when they lash out you're like wow I, I see the pettiness in the way you lash out, and I, and from that I can see that something is really hurting you inside, and you you it's years from coming out, yeah, and and now you're just lashing out because you know you're frustrated for thing X or you messed up and it led into X Y and Z, yes. and now you're just lashing out, and so and 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 you don't you're just not thinking about the entire situation, like being able to understand the big picture of what's going on. So, did you play but, any RTS mm-hmm. games growing up? RTS, uh, like a Command role. and Conquer, Warcraft type. So, shit. oh yeah, I was gonna bring that up. So, think this is funny. Um, before we had internet at home, before twenty eight point eight k dial up modem, we went to the library next to us. So Finland's big on libraries. Like there's there's even one pretty much close to the North Pole. Like there's a library that just, um, I, I watched the episode yesterday about gold diggers in Finland and their 
that area actually has has a, a library in the middle of absolutely nowhere. Um, but we used to go, me and the, some of the kids from the neighborhood or the, yeah, the neighborhood I lived in, we would go to the library and you, you could reserve time on the schedule. So there were two computers you could play CD-ROM games. So you could play Command and & Conquer, Command, mm. and then later on you could play Command & Conquer Red Alert, which I put a lot Woo-hoo! of hours into. A That's lo- the best Red, one, baby. Red Alert 2, right? Red Alert That's 2, probably, yeah, 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 might be better. It's either or. And then there was Command & Conquer Tiberian Sun, Tiberian Sun, Sun right? yeah. I put so much time into that as well as like Disney games like Lion King and, and like they're the first games that I got to click through. I'm like, okay, well, this is dumb. Well, but I can't, I, I want to be, I, I spent so much time in a library not reading books. <laughs> I was just there because I got to be on a computer. So, um, and I, I met still like if one of my oldest and best friends is from the, from we met playing RuneScape at the library, Ooh. and we played uh, just so much RuneScape. It's ridiculous. Um, and there were some like there was a guy who was in the top ten rankings of the world, and and um, he was playing at the library, and he would always have like five six people with him, like his posse. Yeah. And he was he was a he was like a Vietnamese dude, and he was insane uh, street fighter. And so, like, mm. you you didn't want to necessarily, like, log into your account when you were around because he might actually be like, yo, give me your account. And, like, what are you going to do? You're a small kid, and, and he's, like, a 16-year-old who's going to kick your ass. <laughs> Is that how so, he became number one? Uh, no. I mean, he was he was actually good at um, PKing people, but uh i just remember that there were situations like there's dangerous situations in the library because of wow RuneScape. <laughs> and for those of you who don't know runescape what makes this story even better runescape is like a f- old free-to-play diablo clone basically yeah yeah oh my god diablo 2 <gasps> <laughs> yeah diablo uh, yeah really grindy games really really yeah. grindy games Fishing Lobster, then at some point they added a, a zone called the Wilderness where you got to play, you get to fight other players and you couldn't escape a fight in the first three rounds. And each one you would get like, it would be like, you get one hit. Okay, now you get one hit. I get one hit. You get one hit. Yep. I get one hit. And then you could run, you could eat a lobster or eat something repellent in your life. And, and once your bag is empty... That's just the end of the fight. Or maybe someone's friend catches you and they get the kill. Um, but whoever I think strikes the killing blow actually sees the entire drop of gear. All of your armor drops to the floor. Yeah. And then whoever actually got the last blow can loot all of that stuff and then run away. And so that game was... You You might have lost everything you worked for. Your absolute best rune armor. And... You'd, you'd work so hard to get that. You buy it somehow or trade lobsters, sell lobsters, or and you had to fish for lobsters. Like, you had, like, you had to fish for lobsters, and with, and then you had to cook them. And you could sell them cooked or you could sell them raw. If you sold them raw, you got more money because the person who bought them raw would then be leveling up their cooking skill because they'd buy all that lobster, then go cook them, and then, and then either the eat game. them. Or sell them, yeah. but they would sell for less because you can only use them for food now. You can't actually level up your skill to 99, and 99 was the gap. 
Yeah, that game, uh, I, I tinkered around with it. I saw kids playing with it, and I've seen quite a bit of gameplay. I've browsed some forums. I'm semi-familiar with the culture behind it. It's a magical game for a lot of people, known for being super grindy. Um, that, back- I think, changed a lot of people's lives. Like, see, <laughs> Definitely. Like, that game changed a lot of people. It's one of the first free-to-play kind of, like, accessible on every PC. Every PC could mm-hmm. run it. It's like the League yeah, of Legends even, model before yeah. League of Legends. Yeah, exactly. It was just such a low, like you didn't you didn't need anything to play it. It was just the the basic most basic computer could run it, and I think that was their entire. I think there's a YouTube documentary about it even, but I think that was their entire goal was to how do we build a game that's so large but at the same time small and everybody can can play it yep and i think they did a really beautiful job and then they completely messed it up by doing new versions of it but um i'm just an old hater i mean i I know there's kids that found that game when it it was a little bit cooler with the 3d version yeah but it was never like that's not what i wanted i just i i would love to get access to my old account just to log in and see what i have and like that's it like I would love that to be able to do that, um, but there's no way to, for me to time travel. I know that those accounts are gone, or I wouldn't even know what email I used, and that email probably doesn't exist either. So um, they, they they live on in your soul. They live on in yes. your soul, my friend. I will forever remember <laughs> RuneScape, uh, Super Smash Brothers, Counter Strike, uh, and Worms. <laughs> What about uh on the so you got a PS3? You ended up going back to the PS3. What games mm-hmm. did you get into on the PS3 besides FIFA? I know we talked about FIFA a little bit. That's what got you into it. it. Anything else? Well, on actually, the PS3? Call of Duty. Yeah, Call of Duty. Okay. I played a little bit of Call of Duty because um, one of my friends, um, actually, a couple of my friends, uh, one per in particular was really really into Call of Duty, and so I would try that, and then um, it was just really hard to play. I would have to smoke a lot of weed to be good at it. It was too fast, and I couldn't focus. And so once I was a little bit high on weed, then I was able to kind of slow everything down and actually see what's going on, and I would actually be the top racker in some games. But without smoking any weed, that's not a game I could play. It's a weed, uh, weed and gaming, and I've even found with jujitsu and some other stuff, but there's, there is a performance-enhancing aspect like, oh for sure i think for you sure. could legitimately i mean i don't know you tell me is weed can you compete in esports while high or is it illegal um i actually don't know um i think someone can google that up i think they're pretty strict with um drug testing in but i think it's mainly for um like adhd drugs or yeah like, like something that that's yeah yeah, yeah. um or what's that thing that students do adderall right yeah yeah um and i would assume that they're more into that than weed um so i don't know but i i was gonna say be really good at what you do that's the first thing like we yes. will not make you better at anything unless sh- you're you're actually interested in it and actually like rel- you know what you're doing otherwise it'll, it'll just freak you out yes but what i can say uh eh, which helps with the freaking out is when you when you get high and then you focus on something really engaging whether it's like the martial art or my first mm-hmm. my first combo was running it's actually how me and omar mm. became friends initially before we started damn son is 
we would uh, just smoke a bowl and go running. And nice. when, you, when you combine that physical aspect, you get into this rhythm and you, you get like you, you get in sort of like a deeper flow state or, or it's easier or quicker to get into a like a flow state. Than, I love that. Then you didn't I love that explanation. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've used that a couple of times now. It's, it's, it, it'll help you get faster to flow to flow. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, like I was going to say, if they are illegal in esports, I would get it. Mm. Like, cause yeah, it is I, a legitimate, I, I'd get that. it is a legitimate performance enhancer. And like we were talking about smash earlier, uh, my, the very first episode was Todd Robbins. Shout out to Todd. He's a uh, YouTube channel, Kuma films. Check him out. Big, huge, badass YouTube channel. Him and I uh, sold. We both got really good at Smash because we sold door to door together. Spent the whole mm-hmm. summer knocking doors and at night playing Smash. And uh, I started smoking weed, and he didn't. He was like kind of straight edge, like didn't do anything. Yeah. When I started smoking weed, we were neck and neck on Smash. I started smoking weed, and I, pun intended, started smashing him. Like he couldn't hmm. touch me. Like yeah. everything slowed down, and I would like all his timing. I would see. I would see everything before he could do it. And then yeah, he started smoking that. weed. Eventually he's like, fuck it, I'm gonna smoke weed. And then we went <laughs> back we went back to fifty fifty. It brought him like to a similar wow. level. So yeah, it, that's, it definitely that's does crazy, something. It, it, I don't know what I guess it just it just helps you I don't think it's it I don't think it helps me relax. I don't know what it is. I think Hmm. I I don't know. I I think it is just the flow state because if I'm working on a website or um or anything creative, right? I need to have something that'll take me to flow. I either need to just get my mood set there. I need to start working and I'll get there, or I need a stimulant. It could be coffee. It could be music. It could be a combination of those. It could be a combination of all three, all two, those and weed. All three of them. Um, I've always told people that if you haven't tried weed and coffee, you definitely should in, in whatever amounts are minimal for you in both of them. Um, cause if you, if you a, overdo weed and coffee, you're in for a bad time. Well, yeah, if you do overdo anything and I'm, I'm always it's true when, when people tell me that they've had a bad experience with weed, I generally, I try to say, tell the same story every time It's like, no, you had, you have bad friends because your friends shouldn't let you smoke too much weed. If you if you're not if you're just dabbling in it, you know. Yes. Um. Be, be, you can really mess it up quickly, and I don't recommend weed for anybody. I think everybody they they all they're either gonna find it and try it out and and see if it works for them for whatever they're looking for, and if it if it helps them, great. If it doesn't, then good. Like it, it's not for everybody, and and um, it, it weed doesn't even help me in the things that I intended to use it outside them recreationally anymore like i have uh from from uh ice hockey and jiu-jitsu and working as a bouncer i have just absolute chronic pain in my shoulder every day and weed doesn't take away the pain like everybody thinks that oh you'll smoke some weed and your muscle pain will go away well no it doesn't you might forget about it and it might be easier to forget about it yeah that's about it that's how i was gonna uh, when you start talking I think that my guess is, or my sense is, the reason that marijuana helps you get into flow quicker or maybe mm. deeper is by the mechanic of helping you tune out everything else besides, because it enhances. So 
if you can't focus and you have too much, then you'll end up getting scatterbrained because everything catches mm-hmm. your attention. But yeah. if you have the right amount and you have the right amount of like focus muscle, or especially if you're doing, like I said, if you're doing jujitsu, you there is no way to be distracted. Someone's trying to kill you. No. Yeah. So exactly. it forces you. And the marijuana just like, I like the combo. Um, but even with, I could see with gaming, like, again, going back to Smash Brothers um, and you talking about only being good at it when you were smoking. Mm. I, that makes total sense. I wonder. My guess is most gamers probably smoke, so it's it's probably not that much of an advantage in, at the pro level because most of them are probably smoking anyway, right? I don't know. I I feel like a lot of gamer like pro gamers feel, especially now they're streaming all day long. It doesn't look like they're smoking, at least. Or maybe they might be doing edibles. I don't know. Whenever they do a bathroom break, but they're, I think, especially now because there's they're also entertainers, so they might not actually feel comfortable being high and on camera. Yeah. Um, and so, and and the other thing is that a lot of these people are really young, and so I wouldn't recommend anybody who's under twenty five. Uh, I agree that shouldn't smoke, especially weed at if all. you're a male. You should probably wait. Yeah. I you, I think you could make the argument to maybe twenty six, twenty seven if you're a male. Before you, yeah, yeah, exactly, and 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 I think the longer you wait with weed, I think the more you'll enjoy it. Like drink alcohol, like get fucked up, do that, and then <laughs> when you get older, then you're like, ah, uh, yeah, I don't really need to drink that much. I there's no re- you 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 you're what you're doing a flaming absinthe drink. Oh well, yeah, I don't need to try that anymore. I've done that. Yeah, um, and so drink when you're young, then smoke when you're older. I've uh, I didn't do really much. I grew up pretty religious. I'm sure Omar's talked to you about that. But yeah. I did. I didn't really start smoking weed heavily until like twenty four, mm-hmm. maybe twenty five, and I think that's been one of the reasons why it hasn't negative effect. It hasn't impacted my life negatively like some of my friends who started smoking at like thirteen or fourteen. I don't. Mm, yeah, yeah. I don't yeah. think it's. I mean, there's a little bit in our in where I grew up because smoking made you an outsider in the religious community, and there, that also had like its own there's some of that going on but i think even disregarding that whole factor heavy smoking and a teenage developing brain especially a boy i think that's a bad combo like a really bad combo really really bad combo your 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 brain is still developing and you're not it just ruins a lot of stuff and i think it it also doesn't help you build character when you're young, at those cr- critical age, like I, 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 I was a kid uh, that hung out in every possible neighborhood in the entire city, um, and even the neighboring cities. And so, I saw a lot of people that were in kind of bad situation and and were around, like were using drugs at a very young age in when they're fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, and starting smoking cigarettes when they're like twelve, thirteen, and that's just like that never led to anything good um definitely and 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 even today when i look back like um a lot there's some some one out of one out of 50 is trying to be entrepreneurial and and change the projection of their entire family's you know wealth um and the rest are just like just doing this the same um you know cycle yeah same cycle and it's um it i think the decisions they made when they're younger, the fights they got into, the the school they skipped, and all that, that affected how 
that effect straight affected their chances in life later. And Definitely. Even even when I hung out in the same cruise, and I still sucked at school, I was still clear. Now looking back, I, I was on the path of figuring out Photoshop, figuring out gaming, figuring out internet relay, ch- IRC chat, um, being in t- contact with all these things and getting involved in esports and. Um, all these things were happening at the same time, part, uh, organizing parties, photography, all these things happened throughout 14 to 18. And that helped me get to where I am today. And, What's, and I think that makes total sense. I, uh, it, you bring it up, like how much, how involved you have been on the branding side. Not not the actual competitive gaming, but more the the uh, the ecosystem surrounding it. Mm-hmm. What's the dopest gaming related event you've ever been to, and why? Mm, I actually have three stories for you. Okay, hit me. I'm ready. All three. So, first story is in. I might get some years wrong, but who cares? Um, I think 2006. Um, assembly winter, uh, sorry, 2006 dream hack in Gothenburg in Sweden. I wanted to be a part of it somehow. I don't know why I got that into my head, but I, I wanted to do it. And I think I had just been working for a couple nonprofits in Finland. I think I was 15 and they were organizing land parties. So we had land parties for maybe 150, 200 people. And that was, I went to my first one and it was actually with the Quake Quake friend whose brother was in Quake and we, we used to play and then on the same Counter-Strike team. So we went to LAN parties. Um, that got me interested in that. Then I decided I wanted to go to this massive event. And I think DreamHack is one of the biggest LAN parties in the world. I know they do um, DreamHack in America as well. Yes. Um, but that was DreamHack Sweden. And there was two teams playing that I wanted to see. And it was... Uh, ninjas in pajamas they had some of the best counter-strike players in 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 history ever uh, at least back then and so i somehow got to work for free as one of the admins so i got to stand behind the players directly and watch them so that they don't cheat so i had the best view Uh. from anybody in the world to actually see the live game i was right behind the players it's it was the best place to be and i got to watch the the matches i wanted to see and i got to i saw my idols just around me <laughs> and i slept on the 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 floor in um um uh in a what's it called one of those things you take camping and you roll sleeping bag onto. sleeping bag right uh where all the admins you know we all everybody were kids i think and, and um we were just you know sleeping there and then work up the next day and work again. And then they tear up the entire land party and you go home. Dude, that but, would be, especially the age at 15. I imagine oh, yeah. myself getting to work or volunteer at an event like that. I, I, I definitely played a lot of single player gaming growing up. I, I took a completely different trajectory than yeah. you did, but uh, I was really into music and I can imagine if I got to work for some sort of music festival as a 15 year old, as a volunteer, mm-hmm. it would have, blown my mind for the rest of my life exactly. so that makes total well, sense to me the crazy crazy thing is that 
at that same event, I I just when you're alone, you you actually I think I meet more people always when I'm alone because I I'll try to like be like okay I'm gonna go talk to this person or let me just I'm gonna go I'm always naturally curious I have the curiosity of a five year old child I'm just gonna look at everything and be fascinated by it and so I met um, two very uh, critical people one was Christer he was the owner for QPad they did mouse pads professional gaming mouse pads we somehow hit it off and he then eventually made me the country manager of finland on the chats so all the gamers in finland would see uh that i was one of the the main the people for the brand right yeah and and the mod and so and people who wanted to be sponsored by qpad would send their thing to me a 16 15 year old me <laughs> and then i got to send them like qpad would send me a bunch of mouse pads and i would take them to them or send them to them so that was super cool and um but there's another guy i met there um nicholas and he when we're doing the the launch for the esports show we did here with k swiss i went we found a, a an, an event that we then sponsored and one, once we're at the sponsorship dinner I get introduced like, hey, this is Santi, this is Nicholas. I'm like, whoa, what? And we both, both of our minds were blown because we haven't seen each other since that event in Sweden. And now oh. the company I work for just became the main, one of the main sponsors for his event they're doing in America. That's Gaming, ridiculous. bringing lives together. All right. It's better it's, than Jesus. It's crazy. And I mean, we've been in touch. We just, you know, weren't yeah. that deeply in touch but we were still facebook friends and and myspace friends and everything. what so, was the uh second coolest event you've been to second coolest was um i think there's an assembly helsinki so assembly is the biggest land party in finland they do assembly summer and assembly winter i think assembly summer has over ten thousand attendees and uh, i've attended a couple times i worked there a couple times and i think the last time i went I worked as one of the hosts again for QPad and I think Logitech and I was asked to go on stage to host the Street Fighter tournament between a celebrity uh who later in life we we became friends and then someone who like I guess won the tournament and got to fight the him on stage. Yeah, yeah. Um and I've never hosted anything more to like you know street promotion or like uh just some promotional events like small things and this was the first time i'm I'm on stage in front of like ten thousand gamers and we're hosting the street fighter thing and that was like i've just never had that where i walk on stage with the microphone be like oh shit and i actually found a clip of that on youtube uh and it was someone sitting in the audience just filming it and 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 so I, I I have a recent memory of that actually happening. Nice. Uh, and so really random weird moments that have happened in life through uh, just being open to gaming and being open to new communities. I think. How did so? Key. How did all this? So you were getting like your feelers and started making connections in the gaming world in your area in Finland, mm-hmm. and then you move, you pick up, and you move to America. How do you end up at K Swiss? Uh, I worked before that, I worked at, uh, another LA sneaker brand called creative recreation. And I spent, uh, I think three years there. 
as their first graphic designer, first digital media producer, then graphic designer, and then uh, global art director as well. And then my boss quit. Eight months later, he called, hey, uh, you want to come work for K-Swiss? And the next week, I think he called on a Thursday. Then on the next Monday, our entire office got fired. And they just, the owners, the owners decided to close up the brand. They're losing too much money, I think. And so everybody was let go that morning. And so I actually texted him from the HR meeting, like, "Uh, I can actually take that interview tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And then, you know, we, we had lunch uh, and uh, I got the job an hour. I signed the papers an hour before I went to Finland. So every time I've, um, lost a job. I've also gained a job within a week or two weeks, week, I think. And I've also always gone to Finland. It's always been somehow close to when I've had a trip to Finland. So I, I don't know if it's the, I know that I have the freedom that I could just, you know, one of the trips I go, if I don't feel like coming back, I could do my work from there or, I could find a job there the next day, work for a month, and then be like, yeah, I don't like this. I'm going to quit and then jump on a plane and come back here. And all I ha- would have to do is rent my room for Airbnb for a month, which isn't really hard to do in LA. So Yeah, that makes total sense. I don't know if, I don't know if that messes with kind of how I behave the weeks leading up to me going on a trip. It probably does. Um, <laughs> Subconsciously, at least maybe. Back, at least back then because um, now I'm just more – focused and kind of honed into where I want to be, what's the next steps, because I've already achieved pretty much all the dreams I set as a kid, uh, except become a pilot or astronaut. So everything else is pretty much done. All the things I I never thought I would do, they're now done. So I had to find new ones. Um, and and there's, there's still one really big one that's I don't know if I'll ever achieve it. It's buying a house and having, you know, my family live there and being able to have like some or buying a house for my mom is pretty much the big dream that yeah. drives everything. But I don't know if that's a reality in 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 the next 20 years even. Maybe 20 years, yeah, but not within 20 years. I don't think so. Maybe. I think you'll I think you'll end up getting there before you realize it. Probably, probably and uh but it's I, I don't know. There's just, you know, uh, whenever I ask older people when they bought their houses or whatever, the prices were ridiculous. Like our grand, my dad, from my dad's side, the grandparents, they they bought houses in the 70s in America. And the prices were ridiculous back then. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm that, sure. Now, the same thing you bought for 50 grand then is like multiple millions. Like, how am I supposed to get multiple millions to buy anything? I don't want to deal with the bank that maybe one day I'll, I I can pay all of this back and then I get the house? No, I want to be able to buy a house. Like, here is the money. The house is mine. Not, you own the house and I still kind of borrow yeah, from yeah. Like, that doesn't work for yeah, me. Yeah, that makes total sense. You want to buy it in cash, baby. You want to throw that down. Yeah. yeah. I mean, then it's yours. And, and until then, the wealth I think I have in life and I think that's one of the most – most helpful in terms of progressing in life is the wealth of friends and and what you get with your friends without asking for it. They're just things you have access to through your friends. Um, That's not and, how and, we think in America, bro. It's about how much shit you have. 
right? Actually, let me correct that a little bit You're because wrong. there are the American people in way America is the right that way. think this way. <laughs> I've learned these new thoughts in America from Americans because of the internet and because now all of these positive voices are also getting pushed up and not just the bad things. Yes. And so I've learned these new ways of, of thinking and, of course, re like, I guess starting to read or or I, w I had a goal of I wanted to read 10 books in a year. I got to nine. And then then the next year I found audio books and I got up to like 50. And so I'm, I'm trying to, I guess, find new ways of thinking and find new ways of uh, doing what I do and, and just trying to understand people as well, you know? Well, I tell people this a lot. I 100% agree with you because in my mind, if you're not going to try to fit, to be the best version of yourself, whatever that may be, reading books, listening to you, like, if you're not going to just continually to try to essentially like a game, level up, get a better skill somewhere, mm -hmm. what else is there to do? Yeah. There's nothing that's, else that's, to do. What are you going to do? That's been one of my biggest fears in, in work, and that's why I've, I've been very strict on – or here, here's one of my biggest fears is going to work in an ad agency. Um, because in, when I'm in-house, I get to do everything. I get to have my hand in video, in photo, and uh, web design or graphic design. So that way I never get bored and I also – my skills never die. I've been able to have a full like 10 years as our art director, graphic designer, where I'm doing all of those skills all the time. So I get yes. 10 years of, of someone else's funding my life by, by monthly work, right, um, and then freelance side hustles. But someone else is still paying for this stuff so that I can go learn on the job. Get almost. better. Yep. And 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 so and that's I think amazing. <laughs> it's badass. All right, I got um, a I got a couple rapid fire questions to wrap it up with. Okay. Okay. I want you just to like spit out. This is something I want to do with every guest. You're the first one, so uh, you're breaking the cherry. I was uh, I got Let's this idea. Let's go, Finland number one. Finland number one. Who? Okay. Test question. Who's the greatest hockey team in the world? Finland. It's Sweden, bro. I heard it was Sweden. No, I think you, you told me it was Sweden. You heard wrong. <laughs> okay. Just playing. That was a bad joke. It's okay. I can edit it out. Actually, I, <laughs> the thing is I won't Finnish edit it out. Finnish people have no... I don't edit shit, by the way. So just <laughs> so you know, I'll like do the intro and I'll, I'll try to maybe make the first like five minutes tight so people don't bounce. But oh, then, my, my DM's going to be filled with Swedish people like, dude, why are you hating? Why are you hating? I'm like, dude, well, I mean, you know why I'm hating. You're from Sweden. We're, we love you, but we also hate you. It's like America and Canada. Sweden, definitely from the American perspective, Sweden gets more love, like we, more headlines, more oh, yeah. media. Have you ever heard of anything? Well, actually, Finland will show up in the most random things. Like now, Black you met metal, your first bro. Finnish person. That's how You're I gonna, know you guys is metal music. You're, well, yeah, we got great metal music. I, I can send you some if you want, but oh, there's yes, um, there's Apocalyptica is huge. Uh, him was huge. Uh, oh, yeah. Ben Margera I, I loved him. him. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And then Nightwish was big for me. Nightwish, I loved, definitely. Uh, Nightwish, they had a Gary Moore cover, uh, Over the Hills and Far Away. Um, and then there's uh, Children of Bottom, which is massive. I think mm -hmm. they're probably one of the biggest one. And I think Apocalyptica is the one with... They don't actually sing anything. They only play <coughs> instruments, I think. So they're um, you guys they're have a great massive. I know Finland. I mean, 
really a lot of those countries in that same area are known, at least from American. There's a lot of good metal, symphonic metal, mm-hmm. black metal. A lot of metal comes out of those. What is it with you guys? Because yeah. you all have Viking blood. Why do you guys all? Well, what, why is we there so actually, much metal? We're not even Scandinavians. We're Nordics. Um, they they cut us out from that group because our language doesn't resemble any other language in the entire world except Hungarian. But Wait. no words. Yeah, Finnish no words and Hungarian are, are closely related as far as the language goes. Say again. Did you say Finnish and Hungarian are related as a language? No, but they sound similar. They sound similar, and okay. that—that's the only thing. Is they, you, if 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 I was speaking Finnish here, and there's a Hungarian person next to me speaking Hungarian to you, you'd be like, uh huh, uh huh. So you're from the Lord of the Rings, right? You're both elves. Got it. Okay, cool. <laughs> that's how you'd look at that. Yeah, but definitely, I would not understand a single word they say, or and vice versa. And so, Finland's an oddball country between these Swedish, uh, English grouped you know, languages. Uh, Swedish is pretty much the same as English. So if you wanted to learn Swedish, I could I could bet a hundred bucks that you could learn it in at least two years. Mm, interesting. So, there's I so many words that. that are so similar that you could do it. Danish, no. Norwegian, not really. Um, Icelandic, no. But if you speak Dutch, German, and Swedish, you could learn Danish because that's a mixture of, of those languages. Mm. And so they're all kind of mixed in between but then you have Finns that are just oddballs in a sense. We have nothing to do with, with them in, in a way, at least language-wise. Culturally, pretty much the same. What's your f- favorite – we haven't talked about any single-player games. What is the best story in video games you've ever played, the best narrative? Ooh. I don't know why the first thing that came out to mind was Duke Nukem 3D. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know it's, oh, it's, it's probably not probably pokemon in terms of story like i loved ash ketchum's story i love that but since i brought up duke nukem do you remember that you from your reaction i think you know the game definitely oh okay. i know duke nukem definitely the, i think it's in the beginning of the game you come in and you walk into the movie theater i think that's where the game starts and it's just a porn movie playing in the movie theater. And then yes. an alien comes through the porn movie screen or something. And that's kind of where it kicks off. Um, for, for, for someone who uh, was talking shit on the jock American, that game <laughs> is like the living embodiment of that asshole American. Or is that's it a Duke ripoff is. of Duke is uh, Arnold American. Schwarzenegger? He's, he's drinking booze, smoking cigs, swearing, strippers, porn Big guns, big Aliens. muscles, loud. Doesn't there's no such thing as class with Duke Nukem. Fuck class. Oh, no. no, this is America, baby. Give me a bazooka. I want to see some titties, <laughs> and I want to blow an alien up. That's there are Duke some Nukem. American shows that like like MacGyver, but there's one show that people never really know that I bring up all the time is called uh, Sledgehammer. Ooh, I've never heard of that Sledgehammer. Yeah, so look it up it on a YouTube. Uh, a TV show called Sledgehammer, and that was – it's like that and Beavis and Butthead was my, oh, this is what Americans are like, and then American Pie. <laughs> oh, you know what? I just Googled it. I have seen like some of these thumbnails would, before. The intro yeah. would stop with him like shooting the ceiling with his like massive revolver, and the ceiling stop like drops <laughs> on his head. He's like, I know what I'm doing. I'm like, all right. 
Okay, so <laughs> uh, that's fire. one of my favorite answers of all time. Best narrative, Duke Nukem 3D. Hell yeah. Okay. Best. So we've already talked about. I know you played a lot of sports games. Pick mm-hmm. one. Which, which game and which year? Best sports game of all time. NHL 90... 98? Nah. Oh, actually, yeah, but those are... Nah, I don't want to put that in my... I don't want to put that on record. Let me say uh, NHL 1994. Okay. That's the Genesis one you talked about earlier? Yeah, I think so. I'm not even going to fact check it. I'm just going to let that be. You're going to go... Okay, I, I'll trust you. Or I actually, know. no, let me change it. Sorry, sorry. Okay. Mario Tennis on Game Boy. Mario Tennis on Game Boy? Yes. You mean Virtual Boy? Was there no. Mario Tennis on Game Boy? Let me... Okay, now I'm actually going to type. Because <laughs> I need to, I need to check this. Mario Tennis. It, yes, Boy. this is it. Game Boy Color Mario Tennis. Oh, you're right. I, I never saw this. How did oh, I miss but this? I did play the other one, too. It's just called Tennis. I, I remember the Tennis one. Yeah, the... the, the Oh, but you know, Mario's the ref in this one. The Just Tennis one for Game Boy, this is the one, this is on the black and white one. Yeah. Yes. This is older. But the thing is that it's, the cover has two guys playing, but Mario's the ref. Mario's the ref. Yes, I remember this game. There we go. That, that one is, that was, I only had that and Kirby. So it was either of those two. That, and what was the second game you had? Kirby. Oh, yeah, Kirby. We talked about Kirby. So, yeah, Damn. those are okay. the two games I had before I got Pokemon. That's a pretty good – that was – I was expecting the NHL, but that's a good uh, That's a good pick. I do I gotta, remember this I got to give it to this because this was, this was so cool. Just, man, that was a good game. Best multiplayer game. Of all time? Of all time. Opinion by you. It's set in stone. The internet shall never forget what you say. You'll be judged by this for the rest of your life. Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike. <laughs> Counter-Strike. Five Counter-Strike. on five. Once you die, you're out. Um, I is think pre- Counter-Strike is the best competitive multiplayer game there is. And I think games are best when you have a competitive version of it. It makes it something to strive to. It gives it an edge. I don't like sports just for the hell of it. I don't... I don't like, I don't know. It's it's hard for me to do anything just for the hell of it, except if it's you know um, something you're passionate, of course, about. But now even then, I think there's always something, and you you always want to be better at it, or you want to win, or you want to you know if you were fifth yesterday, now you want to be fourth. There's always something you know that goes into improvement, and yeah. Counter Strike. Is sense. there a particular version? Is there a particular version of Counter Strike that's like I know there's a. I'm not super familiar with it, but I know there's a lot of different Counter Strikes. I would just give. I mean, the current version is the best for sure, hands down. They've made it such a great um, competitive platform, or like everything is so thought out. The systems are way better than they ever were, and I, I think the as it currently stands, Counter Strike is the best multiplayer game for sure. Okay. Best soundtrack in a game. In a game? Yes. Oof. Um, I don't know why. I'm just going to go with intuition. Resident Evil 1. Resident Evil 1? I, I don't know why. My actual answer might be like Grand Theft Auto, one of them, or 
all or all of Grand Theft Auto should because probably they have get that. Like the different radio stations and the different yeah. Artists. So, yeah. so I would say GTA probably gets that. And I I remember playing GTA on PlayStation One where you looked from above. Yes. And you the best thing was you would have <laughs> grab a flamethrower. And go flamethrow. There was a marching band, I think, that was always around somewhere. And you just flamethrow the kids. You make it, <laughs> That's so did bad. You, did you have issues with band nerds growing up or something? No, no, no. I remember that one time at band camp. But, um, did, a no. snare drum, did a snare drum player steal your girl? What's going on? No. we See, we didn't have bands um, in, in school. It, you didn't? We, didn't, we don't have what – no. We didn't that's have kind of an American that, thing, actually. Like, yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, that's an American thing. You either went to a, a music school or not, you know, because everybody had band class. Like everybody had – like in in high school, everybody took music. Like it was a – it's a thing that everybody has to go the same as yes. biology. You have to take music. And so um, – and we had it in elementary school too. Music is a, one of the basic – um, things you study throughout all ages until you get to university or college. Okay. Favorite video game character? Yoshi. Yoshi? He's a G, bro. He's a G. Super Mario World SNES. I think that's the first time Yoshi appeared in a Nintendo game. I think. I think so, yeah. It's the, definitely the first I, time I was exposed to Yoshi. I think I've seen Yoshi. some sort of like history of Nintendo or history of the characters. Um, I just can't remember. They had a, a good story for Yoshi. But I don't know. There's something that Yoshi – Yoshi's just such a loyal companion. He's always there when you need him. He would – even how they design him in games where when you need Yoshi, he would like run to you. Yes, like it's just such a beautiful way of like it's kind of like a dog and and I think they played with that mental um association of like how when you whistle your dog comes Yoshi should also come that same way and you know um yeah just wait he definitely Do you remember was... the Super Mario movies like the the live oh, the the, the 1990s live action movie yeah yes did they have they didn't have Yoshi did oh, they oh they had Yoshi but he was like a like a legit dinosaur. Yeah, wasn't he like a kind of Flintstones type, like eight nineties wax dinosaur yes. robot? Yes, like bad special thing? effects. Yeah, that movie. Like they they tried to make it slightly more grounded for the movies. Like the brothers, mm. instead of it going to like a different world, I think it was like underground or alien. That part I remember, mm. but like they got their jump the ability to jump from boots like high-tech boots right yeah, that, like had yeah. boosters Man, that was a good them. movie dude it's a terrible movie but a good movie because it was so terrible yeah it, but it's it's one of those where like you just you just i'm such a fan of that whole series and it had such a big impact on my life that even if it's a shitty movie i'll watch it and appreciate all of it the, f- the fact that someone tried they should have tried many more times and made so much more and it sucks that they've only now they're making like gaming movies, but then again now they're making really really good gaming movies or game related movies. It's getting so better. Like, cool. It's getting but better. But still, like the technology is finally there where you can make some insane, like Jungle Book, or when they did Avatar, the or just the effects of on stuff is so insane. And Detective Pikachu was insane. Dude, I that watched was actually. The World so, of I was going to bring movie. that up. That sucked, but Pikachu was uh, um, Detective Pikachu was surprisingly good. Yeah, and I, I, I got to hand it to the actors that did a good, great job. I'm not a big fan of the main actor, but 
they is it Ryan Reynolds who was Pikachu? Yes. Great Ryan job. Reynolds. I'm happy they have Mew and Mewtwo. Wait, they had Mew in it too, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm happy that was in there. I I do remember watching the original Pokemon movies too, the cartoons, and so definitely. The, I think I've seen every single Pokemon episode three times in a row from the original series. That's a lot. That's a lot of Pokemon. Yeah, but just the original series. I haven't like once. Yeah. It went to the the crazier stuff. I have no idea. I tried watching it once or twice. I'm like, nah, I'd rather watch One Piece or some other actual animes. Definitely. Um, Favorite console? Wait, this PC isn't a console. That counts. Um, Favorite platform to play games on, you could say? PC. PC. It's just such a, like, for so cheap... I think you can get so much more than you can get with any console. Definitely. And so it's more open to everybody. It, it's a beautiful hobby for it, – it makes me so happy on Reddit to see like m- like my age dads buy their daughter's computers and help them – like they're excited on the front seat. They got like a $300 setup, a couple of different things, and they're going to go home with their dad and build a computer or with their mom and build a computer. That is so cool. That's one of the craziest things I did as a kid was like building a computer and like getting the parts and like, you know, upgrading it is that, that stuff is amazing. And I think that helps you later in life tremendously. The fact that you're interested about computers, software and games as a kid will get you so much ahead later. Yes. In life. I'm definitely, I'm he, glad you bring that up. I mean, I've had this thought, but I was having it as you were talking. Mm. I, I, I have two daughters, four and five. And I think about like what's the uh, most efficient way where like because you can't really you can't force a kid to be something right. All you can do is try to give them the best foundation that will mm-hmm. that they can take to whatever they end up going. And like I've thought about okay, physically, like, I'm I, have, I want my kids to do gymnastics because if they're, if they're in, in any kind of sport, gymnastics is a great foundation, especially as a little as a little kid. Uh, piano, I think creativity. I mm-hmm. that's the first thing I did. Um, but then I was just thinking about computer, not just like letting my kids play games, but you said building, like teaching my kid how a computer works, how the parts come mm-hmm. together, mm-hmm. how like an OS works. This is like, uh, this is paint, even something as simple as Microsoft paint. Just start planting those seeds. All of these things. Yes. People don't know the basics and that's what, it blows my mind how little people know, like keyboard shortcuts. This is yes. how you change programs. You use the tab key and the Windows key or I'll the tab, command yeah. and tab, and you switch programs. That's what you do. And then they see once, they're like, oh, that's cool. And just in normal work life, I can see that all the time. And I, I try to teach people all the time these quick trips, tips and tricks that make them so much more effective. And so many people just don't care. They don't want to be weird. more effective. They don't want to learn yeah. new things and they don't want to be told that their methods are wrong or outdated or slow. And like I get it, but I, in a way I'm also just disappointed. It's like, wait, but you want to learn, but I'm when I'm giving you something that isn't is working, but it could be working so much more frictionless, not better, yes. just with less friction. Less friction is a good and, way to put it. Yeah, and better workflows. Like, yes, you have a workflow that works, but you can't be that static that you can't adjust your workflow to something better. Yes. You know, you have to be open to um, improving or else, like, go away. I don't care about you. Like, if, you're, if you want to be static in life, 
great, but I don't want to associate myself with you because we won't. We most likely won't agree on anything. Yeah, uh, basic yeah. computer skills are something I've thought about recently. I think I agree with you that I, I've had a recent experience where it dawned on me how many people don't have basic computer skills because I've always taken it for granted. I've been into computers mm-hmm. or electronics since I was a kid, and then I got into computers early and like learned like same thing because of Damson record label websites marketing. I learned how to do mm. a lot of things decently and how mm-hmm. and how which then secondly by nature by doing all those things you also learn your way around a computer you learn your way mm-hmm. around windows you learn your way around uh, osx whatever and i have a friend that's a really dope he's like my brother-in-law he's like one of the best people in the world and he grew up in like a really low income neighborhood in uh texas mm-hmm. and um <clears throat> got his way out of that has a really solid job worked his way up in like a, a manual labor job makes really good money and he wants to expand and he started asking me about computer stuff and it dawned on me like he doesn't even understand like the concept of like a file system where your programs like mm, and i realized yeah. like oh man if he wants to move on to anything online like he's got to start all the way basically yep. in kindergarten in it yep and i was I like think- you know what don't worry so much about what you try right now mm. just do anything because you have like so many foundational skills to build just pick yeah. something that interests you on the computer and just do that because it's going to force That's you to really learn your way, way around of the putting computer. It. I, I like that. I, I have trouble putting things like into words that are nice to hear. I, I'm pretty blunt and direct with them, and yeah. that's a nicer way of putting it. And I, I, I feel like a lot of people are always so afraid of breaking things. Oh, or like you open a, a Photoshop file and like, oh no, I'm going to break it. Like then make a copy of it. Like, but that doesn't occur to you unless you've by mistake, once dragged the file and be like, oh, I made a copy. Huh. That's cool. And and you need to have, like you said, the foundation, foundational understanding of how things work so that you can then implement those things into your normal life and make yeah. them better. And if and you want to do with... any sort of modern job outside of like service or even inner – I mean, I anything can't think now. anything now. I can't you come up with a single it. job where you don't yes. need technology in a way or – you wouldn't be better with it. Like, it doesn't matter. Let, let's do um, garbage pickup dude, guy, man, woman, they. If, even them, you have a route, and let's say you have an iPad or an iPhone in the car. You need to see what the best route is. But if you don't know how technology works, you don't know how to pull up Google Maps or Waze on your iPad. People just don't know. They're like, oh, well, you know, I could use it, but I'm just going to use the route I always use. Like, yeah. okay, well, that might not be the smartest way. And if it is, it might not be the smartest way for everybody. It might work for you, but everybody else in traffic might not enjoy it as much. Yeah. And I just watched this big Vice documentary that I can send to you about the third industrial revolution and how um, – what are these – the you know, the big trucks, long, long hauls? Yes. How they're using long hauls in Europe right now as data centers. They're driving around, they're driverless, and they'll have people with, with iPads doing data ana- analysis at the same time. And the car companies are going to – because everybody's going to have a car or n- no one wants to own a car anymore. It's all going to be yes. shared and autonomous and all of this. So the car companies at some point, they're going to have to be um, – they're, they're going to be the people who help you navigate. They're going to people 
who who help you analyze that data from how traffic is working and how big cities are going and what, how weather patterns uh, affect stock and like the internet of things everything's connected so it's um people will need to have general knowledge of everything you have to be a generalist to survive in the future you have if to you're have... a specialist you're gonna be die like you can so you can only do one thing uh-huh that well there's sucks. two there's two schools of thoughts there's a I think in order to be a specialist in something and have that specialty maximize the opportunities that come from that specialty, you need to mm. have like whatever the equivalent of a high school level of generalist across the board mm-hmm. because yeah. those those supporting skills are going to help you make it in your specialty, especially if it's sure. anything branding online music whatever right that's you need like your I said, pillars definitely anything media but the like, and I've taken the generalist route, like, and this is something me and my business partner have gone back and forth about. S- s- there, you could make the argument if you really want to make it, you got to go all in and become the best at something. Mm-hmm. That works for some people. The other path is people who become pretty good at a lot of things, and they're the only person that are that is that good at that particular s- set of skills. And you find a way to make those skills come together. Um, and I think the generalist path is like more of a like diversifying your stocks path. Maybe sure. maybe your potential cap isn't going to be as high as if you're the best Counter Strike player in the world, but your probability of success is probably higher. Maybe your ceiling is lower, right? You're not going to become a multi multi millionaire because you're not the best boxer in the world or the best NBA True. player in the world. But the failure rate for becoming the best in the world at something is astronomical. It's ninety nine percent. Whereas the failure rate for a generalist is probably a lot better. And, and anyway, that's kind of like the path I took is like, I don't know if I have it to become the best. Because drums was like my first thing. I got really good at drums. And then I got mm-hmm. into producing. I tried to do the music thing with Omar. And we did a record label. And I made beats yep. for like a solid decade. That's all I did. And I realized, like, honestly, I think a lot of people have to come to this conclusion. Like, I don't have what it takes to make it even though I'm putting in the hours, what you want to put the hours into something that you have a pretty solid knack for. And there's a good kind of rambling at this point, but well, talent comes in too. talent comes in. Yes. You either have talent or you don't. I think you don't like if you have talent and you have a great work ethic, you'll be in the 0.1%. Like you're, you're, you're an elite. If you, if you're, if your pillars of support are there for you when you need them. And you and you're facilitated the right way, um, and that's that. A good example is is soccer players in Brazil, for example. There's the street kids who, if they're if you take a kid from there and facilitate them in the in in a you put them in a youth program when they're young and they're they have the talent and they have the work ethic, and then you give them the best coaches, the best nutrition, and the best you know they will make it. Yeah, uh, you know they will make it. They'll be great. They might not be, you know, the world's best player 10 years in a row, but they might be in the top 10 and their chances were before that were like nothing almost like yeah. they had just <laughs> like the, the path would have been way harder without the facilitation of it. Um, yeah, I think a generalist, a generalist path is, yeah, higher, higher probability of success, but maybe that the, you, you pay for that in an inverse 
lo- like lower potential. Potentially, well, there's also. But if you're an entrepreneur and you're a generalist and you you put things together the right way, you can be wildly successful as well. For sure, I, you still need to have like the one thing that like. Even though I'm a journalist as well, if people ask me, so what do you do? I, I either say I'm an art director or I'm a photographer. Now I pretty much say I'm an art director or a, hopefully next I'll say I'm a creative director. Um, but then what am I passionate about? What's my one thing that I, I pick over everything is photography, landscape photography. And so those are my two things. And, and something I was, ta- I was actually chatting with on Twitter with Chase Jarvis and Chris Doe. And Chase said, here's a tip, say or demonstrate you're focused on one thing, work on that narrative and be a master in that craft, but pursue your interests broadly. That's the win. And that's my secret recipe. Hmm. And that, that, that works sense. is you have the one thing that like you're aspiring to be or your current dream you're working on, right? And then everything, all of those other skills are just supporting actors and and for me that's super easy because i started with graphic design and then i started with photography and then i started with video and then later on once i got good enough at all those skills that became art direction because art direction in practicality most of the time you're not actually directing shit you're directing yourself to do the work (laughs) yeah you just get a cool title then if you're lucky enough you might work in a team and if you're in the ad agency you're probably one of 20 art directors but when you're in-house it's you're a graphic designer with a cool title that's pretty much it pretty much it okay yeah. last last question okay if you could create if you had unlimited money and time i gift you i the gaming memories profit gift to you with uh, let's say a budget of a hundred million dollars sweet to make any video game you want what game would you make and Describe like the art style, the gameplay. Like, what would be, what would be your magnum okay. opus? I'm gonna go with intuition directly. You ready? Okay. Battle Royale, but from the Marvel Disney universes where oh. everything is available. So oh, taking Super sick. Smash and mixing it with Disney, mixing with like mixing like everything in one as a battle royale and like a first person shooter type game. But maybe it's such a wide game that you could also play that game as a Super Smash Bros. fighting game, but also as a first-person shooter battle royale. Like, it would be that dynamic that you could do that because there's so many characters that you could do it with. I like that. Just essentially Smash Brothers or a battle royale, but in the Marvel Disney universe with all those characters. And, like, I want to see a game where you have the Ninja Turtles fighting the Power Rangers. (laughs) <laughs> hell yeah that would be dope and then then all of a sudden uh the power rangers pull a crazy move and an elf shows up and elf is like hey guys <laughs> but then the other team got towelly and then that's a fight yeah so it's just smash brothers across the entire universe just everything in it and that would be my that would be you know the ultimate open source game where all the game workers came together and the best battle royale makers made their part. The best fighting guys made their part and they all bought, brought their IPs together and made it free for everybody to play. And it's the one true game that then makes it into the Olympics because get this, <laughs> the esports will never make it to be an Olympic sport unless it's uh, open source. 
Yeah, that would be uh, – I think in order to pull that off, you'd have to like mm-hmm. make a new World Order one government, take over all the IPs from the no, businesses. It just, you just need to – They, I know they know. That's probably everybody's dream anyways from all of them. They just know that for legal reasons because there's so many people holding the IPs. They think yes. that because a lot of the, the things we're living through now is just changing a lot of things. And a lot will change even as we go forward. A lot of um, – the old structures of how things work, especially in America with like checks and shit. This country is so outdated in a way compared to a, how a lot of countries are doing stuff like South Korea or some of the Nordic countries. There's like in Estonia, you can be an Estonian citizen digitally and you can vote from home with like a national card you put into your system and you can vote from there. Like stuff like that is just going to change the world. And I think ips and and rights and copyrights will somehow change as well and i think that it'll Mm. hopefully make it so that everybody get paid a little bit more and the companies get paid a little bit less the same as like on spotify i hope they pay the songwriters more because songwriters don't get paid enough and so but i think all this is changing and in our lifetime we're going to see something super positive with uh, distribution of wealth and uh, distribution of of access to being creative on a bigger platform. Let's go. Okay, Elijah, I have one more question. Because I thought of one more. So, um, I want because there, this studio is sort of from your sort of the uh, your part of the world. What is your opinion of CD Projekt Red? In the Witcher series. I actually have nothing to do with the Witcher series at all. Uh, I've tried to just now just watch it even. And I've never played the Witcher. I've never watched. I watched one episode and it just didn't catch my eye at all. I Didn't catch you. The reason I asked is because um, they're not from Finland. Where is that? Where I'm Our biggest game is Max Payne match, and Angry Birds. They're from a- and uh, Clash Royale. Wasn't a uh, Max Payne Finland, developed by Finnish company? Yeah. They were based in Finland. I didn't know that. So Max Payne is Finnish. I That's did not like know our that. pride and joy from like big games like that. And then Angry Birds came up. Um, Ang- Angry Birds is of course oh yes. insane. Yes. Um, and then um, now we have Clash Royale, Clash Clash of Clans. And uh, then there's another Finnish uh, Best Fiends. Oh yeah, that's a big is also game. made by a Finnish company. I don't know if a remedy, like how much of the original team that developed Max Payne is still under the same banner, but that studio just came out with mm-hmm. a new game called Control. I haven't. There Have was some guy that actually I think Omar even met. We went to a party. A friend he was visiting here, uh, I, uh, and he worked I think for Remedy. Because the only thing I remember from that, uh, when I asked him where where he works, he said, oh, the company that made Max Payne. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's cool. You, uh, I think as an art director, I think Control, that, you can either play it if you want, on, if you have PS4, or you can mm-hmm. just go online and watch some gameplay. I think that game has the best overall aesthetic as far as visuals, effects, sound, type fonts, um, color grading everything it has the best style it's better than God so of War. like what's the word familiar but unique at the same time 
I'd be interested just as you as an art director. Like what the game's game decent. One it's more a good time? game. But the art direction troll? control. Oh, control. Control. Just the word control. Like maybe type control, gameplay or remedy oh. control. Damn, the ratings are good. Four and a half out of five. Yeah, it's, it's a really good game. But I think out of all the things that make that game good, the art direction is the uh, the best part. Huh. The highest, you know, the highest level they reach, I think, is with their art direction. It's one of those things you'd have to kind of play over time to get a vibe, because the game's art direction is not For just sure. visuals, but the tone, the vibe, the world, yeah. the lore. I mean, everything combined. But it all comes together in a way that I think. I try to give people a recommendation when they're um, because I just mm. know too much about games. I read about games all day. I think for you that might be something you get a little. Maybe it'll tingle your tip a little bit, give you a little bit of a creative. I do have a creative PlayStation juice. Four on on the counter over there, and uh, I haven't yet powered up. I first built this. Do um, it. The home studio set up here with uh, uh, my three screens. And so I have a tall oh, monitor, sick. a wide one, and a 240-frame uh, gaming one, or hertz. Um, and uh, next up is is building out the, the living room gaming station. Um, so there's that, but the Switch is going to go up first. Um, so there's that, and then I think <laughs> I, I do want to get some nice single-player games uh, to the PlayStation. I already have uh, Grand Theft Auto, I think it's Vice City. No, it it has to be a newer one. Grand Theft Auto Five. Vice City's a PS2 game. Yes, yeah, the, exactly. It's the one that's San, LA. It's, it's not San Andreas. Called? Gosh, whatever it is, yeah, the LA no. one. No, that was that, that was it, LA, yeah. but on the PS2. Grand Theft Auto. Why am I not remembering? It's just five, right? It is GTA Five. Whatever it is, it. It it was just it is. A number, right? I think maybe it's just GTA Five. Some of the people are probably yelling, you yeah, dumbass. I guess, yeah, I've just spent so that's much time on Overwatch, that. yeah, um, Counter-Strike, uh, and now um, Call of Duty. So just And then if, if I'm on console, I've been on um, on my Nintendo Switch. And so that's that's pretty much it. I, I just haven't had any interest for the, the PlayStation. Well... If you if you should ever feel like trying something new, I would recommend trying out Control. Tell people where they can find you online, where they can find you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, sure. all that shit. I'll put so links in the you can find me well. on SantiFox.gallery. That's my website that I'm uh, always building on and uh, trying to get my my stuff there and just my my place to have fun at. Then on social, you can find me on every channel as I am SantiFox. Um, and then on YouTube, I think it's just Santi Fox, and I've, I'm struggling to get started with YouTube, but um, that's a small pun intended for what kind of a show I'm actually trying to build on YouTube, and so I've spoken it into existence. So it's it's something I'm definitely working on, and now since I moved, I'm, I'm rebuilding everything here. So I'm I'm super excited to hopefully gather the courage to start teaching on YouTube. And and hopefully bringing new skills for people and really starting with the basics and and doing it for my friends really I, I think that's the something I can I, I can do immediately and if people like it on YouTube great if 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 it helped you for example and something you you've tried to figure out great that makes me even happier awesome well I am Santi Fox everywhere on social badass Counter Strike player if 
you have seen anything that was dope that came from K-Swiss the last few years, you can thank him for it looking dope, for it being dope. Give him all the street cred. Um, uh, thanks again for Omar for uh, linking us up. It was a, it was a grand ass time. <laughs>